0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC, text eight four eight five zero Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. It's four minutes past four. It's Friday, the twenty fifth of September. If you get paid monthly, you've been paid. That's good news, isn't it? Call the innuendo police. The bawdy Bake Off banter. It all started with the desperately unfunny Mel and Sue, and it's got progressively worse. 700 pilgrims die in the crush at Mecca. It is a a rite of passage to go there. It's quite clearly vastly uh, overpopulated. If 700 people die, I mean, it's just ludicrous. They should have sorted this out a long time ago. But we found the tomb of the real Mona Lisa. The rabbits farm for pet food. Two watchdogs replace Anne Robinson. Two people replace her. And I'll tell you who they are later. And Jeremy Kyle's marriage is over. Finished. Should be a programme, shouldn't it? I could interview him about it. So, uh, did you meet anybody else? And uh, how many were there in your marriage? I'd like to find that out. Katie Hopkins leaves the sun. She's going to the mail online because as Rebecca Brooks goes, goes back, presumably somebody somewhere goes, um, I think we're going to have a bit of a clear out now. So expect a few people to, to disappear from there. She's uh, she's obviously settling old scores. <laughs> and Obviously she's doing it sort of, you know, top girl kind of stuff. Uh, Louis Walsh coming back to the X Factor. Well, it can't get worse, can it? can't get emails can't get worse uh because the ratings have fallen you're not starting on the plums already tell me you're not eating the plums already i brought in these little they do these mini plums in M S and um there's hardly any calories in them because it's part of your five a day or in the case of the producer it's part of your 500 a day i think oh lord He's now learnt to do the trick. He probably does it with Maltesers as well, where you throw it up in the air and you go, and you catch it like that. I can't do that. I always miss my mouth, which is always a bit surprising. So you'd think that would be the one part of my anatomy that I would not be missing any time soon. But, uh, OK, lovely. Well well done for you. So job in a circus is beckoning, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you remember the Primark story? I loved the Primark story when it came out because I didn't believe a word of this lying old baggage. And it turns out I was absolutely right. She claims she goes to Primark, which she did. Uh, She claims she was breastfeeding her child. She claims... And she put all this up online. She was, you know, I mean, really... I mean, how she thought anybody was ever going to believe her. She looks like a lying old baggage to start with. And she then... She claims that a security guard comes over, grabs her child... Walks out. She has to run down the corridor after him. And he says, you know, you're lucky. Thank you. You're not being charged and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, that doesn't sound like Primark policy to me. Didn't sound like Primark policy to Primark either. And they immediately launched an investigation. And the investigate Because this woman had gone... She'd gone into the papers. This happened. And she obviously got paid a few hundred quid. Anyway, Primark, you know, say... I mean, listen... We have a very, very good policy in order. We don't have a problem, as most of the customers are female in Primark. I know men go there, but the pyjometer, pre- most of them uh, in Primark would be women. They're not going to be men, are they? The majority would be female. Men might go in and buy socks and pants, I suppose, or anything. Who cares? Anyway, so they said, listen, we, we don't have a problem with people breastfeeding. Why would we? Why would we? And our security are all trained in this. So uh, this woman persists with her story. She goes to the police. She's so stupid and she's so dumb and she's such a compulsive... What she thought she was going to achieve out of this, I've got no idea. What she thought she was at prison, I'm hoping. And so she says all this happens and so they start an investigation and Primark go back over their... Vid- Thank God for video cameras. Thank God for CCTV I've said before, we, we, ha- we are CCTV'd up at home. We have 16 cameras. You cannot move onto our property at home without being caught by CCTV. And it goes onto hard disk as well. So everything is kept on hard disk. And we can zoom in, zoom out. We can follow people. We can track people throughout the whole building. Everywhere. 16 cameras. Primark must have hundreds. Mainly to stop people thieving. Or why, why at those prices you thieve? I've got no idea. Anyway, so uh, they go back. They go, oh, look, here she is. She's breastfeeding. Wait a minute. Security man. Nobody. Nobody. No security man came over to her. No security man uh, touched her. No security man walked off with her child. She was a compulsive liar. And you have to charge this woman. She's been found guilty. uh, They're going to uh, bring her back for sentencing, I think, in uh, October. Custodial sentence, they've said. About bloody time. About time we stop these people because, you know, lying and ruining the reputation of a company that has taken years to build up a reputation. Why anybody would ever go work for Primark and do what she claimed they did? This woman has to be taught a lesson. She has to be thrown in prison, the child taken away from her, and that's the lesson she will have to learn. You cannot go around making accusations about people unless you can substantiate it. I mean, sure, I mean, you only got to look at her to realise she's obviously a bit simple. Perhaps she didn't realise that there are things like CCTV, and they're so tiny now. You, you know because you've seen them in the old people's homes. They can fit them into alarm clocks. They can fit them into smoke detectors. They can be fitted into a small can. They can be put in a matchbox. These cameras are tiny. Pinhole cameras. You can go into Exchange and Mart or go onto the internet, type in pinhole cameras. There will be thousands. And they go from like three They're so cheap. And the quality is so good nowadays. So quite clearly, it was very easy to prove that this woman is a liar. And uh, and deserves to pay the price. As far as I'm concerned, you go to prison for three months and you'll learn your lesson. If you don't, you're going to be in serious trouble. I mean, just, you just cannot have this kind of thing going on. And uh, all the critics agree with me. I'm never wrong on these things. I wasn't wrong either about Louis Walsh, apparently going back to the X Factor. The reason, the reason they've said is because it's it's doing disastrously. Nobody is interested in Nick Grimshaw. Nobody is interested in Rita Ora. Nobody's interested in Spag Bowl. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We're not even interested in the acts anymore, are we really? Unless, you know, they've had a disaster, like their grandmother was run over by a steamroller, you know, while she was trekking the Great Wall of China or something like that. Nobody cares anymore. Louis Walsh was the thing that people trusted. He's of that age. The majority of the audience for that show would be over the age of 30. And they would want to watch somebody like Louis. We want to watch Simon. We want to watch Louis Walsh. I couldn't give a forex about Cheryl Tweedy. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less about uh, about Grimmy. Couldn't care less about Rita Ora. Not interested. I want people who've got opinions. Not people who sit there like Muppets doing their, oh, well, you really nailed that song? You did pop it. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. What's the point of asking her? She's got no experience in the music industry, an assembled girl group, a little bit of miming and some auto-tune. Let's not sort of, you know, try and make out that she's some Kylie Minogue, for God's sake, because she ain't. Uh, A third of parents have never had a talk about sex with their children. Thank God for that. Imagine how embarrassing. Girls, I think, do it better, don't they? Girls sit down with their with their mums and their mums can explain about things because girls' bodies change a little bit quicker. Although I'm still waiting for mine to change. hasn't changed for ages, actually. I keep looking at it every day thinking, that's it, is it? That's as good as it's going to get. But nobody ever sits down. My father gave me a book when I was about 14, which is kind of a bit late, I think, because I think you're supposed to be told about the facts of life when you're a bit earlier. I, I mean, I don't know what age you're supposed to do the facts of life. I, I wouldn't like to to put actually a number on it, because, you know, people might... But yet Kids grow up so quickly nowadays. By the age of, you know, 11 and 12, they're kind of maturing a bit quicker than we did when we were that age. We're sort of, you know, still stuck back in the dark ages. And it was always embarrassing. Imagine your parents sitting down with you and going, right, we're going to be discussing the facts of life. Oh, my God, how embarrassing. You can't do that, can you? Can't do it now. We can't even talk about, you know, whether we sort of pull our pants down, boys, at the front, or whether we use the fly hole, or whether we sort of do the side. Bad enough doing that, but we all agreed yesterday. Pulling the pants down was the major thing, and we did agree yesterday that there was no point in buying your pants with a with a fly on them because sometimes it's a fake fly, as they say, and it, you can't actually get anything out of it at all. And and sometimes it's a but I mean, who uses it? Nobody uses it. I found one person yesterday, and I will not embarrass him by telling him because he said, "Oh no, I do," and he was quite serious about it. I was I was slightly shocked, slightly shocked because I I was with everybody else that we all. Pull the pants down at the front. That's how it works, isn't it nowadays? So So there was that one. Then there's a jihadi in the papers today, he went out to sort of fight the jihadi war. He's a jihadi warrior. He's a very stupid person, and he's craving fish fingers. Well, don't worry, when you get blown up, you can have as many as you like in hell because that's where you're going to. Uh, the restaurant boss in Chelsea sitting outside, well the worse way brandishing a shotgun, apparently. He's on bail at the moment. They don't come any more dafter, do they? These people brandishing a shotgun on the King's Road. I mean, you know, you sometimes wonder whether or not people have sort of a wish to be arrested by the police, so that the police can go, "What, what are you doing?" I um, uh, brandish a shotgun. Of course you are, dear. Well, we're going to take you into custody, and we'll uh, we'll sort of start. You know, do we have a license? Let's check everything, shall we? I did like the thing on the LBC website. Did you see, yes, dear, two cars who refused to move, and I had it uh, a while ago. I was cutting through a muse in London by Selfridges at the back and I I have right away in the muse because I'm just emerging at the road at the top and uh, and a car pulls in as if to come into the muse and so the the driver of the car goes, go back, go back so I can get it and like, no, I've got right away, the traffic was at a standstill so it, w- it was a bit stalemate and I've got a friend in the car and he said, oh this is going to prove interesting knowing how stubborn I am behind the wheel I'm very, very stubborn behind the wheel. You know, I know what I'm doing. I'm driving a big car. I'm not going anywhere. And it was it was like this standoff the other day. Two cars, two Mercedes. Nobody was going to reverse. I work on the assumption I'm a bigger car. I can drive over you anyway. And this driver's going, go back. And in the end, he gets out of the car. He says, can you reverse back, mate? Mate, like he knew me. And I went, no, I can't. I said, I'm waiting for you. You've crossed. He'd actually come down the other side of the traffic, cut in... So that he's now blocking everything and I can't get out. I said, no, I'm not back. You, you, you reverse back. No, mate, I'm not doing that. So I turned the engine off. I <laughs> just sat there. I said, well, you'll be sitting there all day, won't you? And, uh, you know, I won. And then as, as he went past me, he shouted out some obscenities. And I went, yeah, and you. I'm like that, actually, in the car. I'm terrible behind the wheel. I'm normally very, very calm, but I'm not going to put up with bad driving. It's like sitting on the train yesterday. If you follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show, I was sitting there on the quiet carriage and I dread getting on the quiet carriage because there's always some bozo who can't read. Always a bit thick. And we put one on, uh, on Twitter yesterday. Not only was he on his telephone and you know, un- under a sign saying no telephones, you know, a real thicko. And, and he had his feet up on the seat, his feet up on the seat as well. You know, so you had to take a picture. You think, are you really the thickest person? I wanted to write under it the thickest person in the land. And then I was hoping that maybe somebody might point him out and go, you're on Steve Allen's Twitter page, mate, on the Reading train yesterday. Had a lovely interview with Leslie Brickus. I've got Tom Jones coming in next week. Looking forward to Sorry, Sir Tom Jones. Very much looking forward to that. Uh, still to come, we take uh, texts, emails, carrier pigeons. We'll take just about anything on this programme because it's quarter past four. Nick, this morning, Saudi Arabia's king has ordered a safety review into the Hajj pilgrimage after hundreds, more than 700 people died in the stampede near the holy city of Mecca. But who's to blame? It's the 100th anniversary of the Battle of Luce. We join Nigel Farage on a fascinating history lesson in France. And should a school have confiscated an e-cigarette from a 14-year-old pupil hooked on fags? All of that and more with uh, Nick Ferrari after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Looking at the papers with Nick today is the Royal Editor of the Sunday Express, Camilla Tominay. Imagine a 14-year-old. Have you seen the mother in the paper today? I think the school were wrong to confiscate it. Where are these stupid people coming from? Dear God in heaven. It's a school. They say no e-cigarettes. Oh, it's not really a cigarette. Oh, shut up. You follow the rules. You don't follow the rules, out. Like that other one. Sorry, you've let your daughter have her hair cut. Like what? Like a leopard print, you stupid old bag. They drive you mad. They drive you mad. People have got no respect for authority. You know, you see it all the time. I was watching another one of these police interceptor programmes. And this time they were in... Where were they in? Might have been Slough. God, what a hellhole that is. And uh, and they, they, they stopped these um, these lads because they looked as though they were doing some sort of deal. And um, and so the younger one, who looks at about 12 or 13, he didn't have anything to do. He was just passing through. They just happened to sort of say a few words to each other. But I didn't, didn't think they knew each other. The other one, who was about 15, you know, made it, yeah, man. And they start talking as if they're Jamaican. They weren't Jamaican at all. And he wasn't Jamaican. And uh, have you got anything on you shouldn't have? No, man. No, I've got nothing. So in the end, they find a little packet of something. And he goes, what's that? He goes, that's milkshake powder, mate. Milkshake. No, I wasn't sure. I mean, they weren't sure. I wasn't sure either. But they decided it was enough to take him in. Well, he then starts getting all bullshit. Get the handcuffs off me, mate. Get them off me. Get them off me. Take that camera out of my face. They became so mouthy and rude. And you think, why are the police having to put up with this? You know, if this was in Russia, this bloke would have been found face down in the river by now. They don't mess around in other places. Only here we go, well, we've got a film crew with us and we're trying to be nice, you know. You know I mean, as, as one of the policemen said, how many years does it take to become that stupid? And the answer is, obviously, not many in his case. He was mouthing off and effing and blinding. And you think, his whole family are probably like that. They're obviously like that. That's why they've allowed him to get like that. So when you get the girl going to school, you know, with, with the attitude, you know, I've got this and the school go, this is not acceptable. You will go home. This is a school. It's like working here. If a dress code came in at this radio station and they said, from now on, Stephen, you're going to be wearing lederhosen, I'm going to be wearing lederhosen. Unless, of course, I think to myself, I don't actually think I suit lederhosen. I'd be better off with a dirndl. So, you know, that's what you do. If that's what they say the, the dress code is, that's what you do. You go to work in a bank and they go, we want you in a suit, thank you very much indeed, because you're presenting the image of the company. That's what it is. I make an effort to try and look as smart as I can, even though it's a radio programme. It makes no difference to you whether I'm sitting here stark naked in a thong or whether I've got one of those willy warmers on. It makes no difference at all. I mean, if I did have, presumably the producer wouldn't be smiling as often. He'd be sort of looking at me with pity in his eyes, you know, going, I'm really sorry, that's the best you can manage. And I say, well, you know, it may not be big, but it can fill a pram. And so all of these things go towards contributing to how parents react to schools who say to them, if you put your child in our care, that's what we're doing. If you're too thick... To see that a stupid haircut or some 14-year-old kid, because he's addicted to cigarettes, I mean, how thick are the parents on this one? They quite simply must be smokers to encourage him to do things like that. And then they go all uppity with the school going, you know, he shouldn't have had this confiscated. Of course he should have done. Of course he should have done. And if you're too stupid to realise it, well, then take him out and put him in another school. But I confidently predict another school will be going, oh, you're the one with the e-cigarette. No, we don't want you either. And so you end up with sort of feral kids on the street. Parents behave badly, reflects badly on the kids. Kids start behaving badly, they pass it on to their kids. And before you know where you are, you've got another Jeremy Kyle show. And that's what we watch, isn't it? We watch and think, thank God they don't live anywhere near us. Thank God they're in Welsh Wales. Or thank God they're, well, just anywhere. Just anywhere. We don't want these people. They're horrible. They're really, really vile. Really, really vile. Um. I know that uh, jack Brown 's listening this morning, apparently he was in an Uber cab earlier on because somebody said to me because my my car sailed past me this morning. I knew i, I was I was tracking it, and I saw because I get a different driver most days because it depends who 's nearest to you and it 's all computer operated so i get I get lots of different i 've had a lot of the same drivers, but you don 't get the same because they 've got thousands of drivers out there, and so I get the car so this morning I followed it went it 's two minutes away, and then he turned around the corner and I went there. And he said, now, normally the sat-nav would go, you have reached your destination. Quite clearly this morning he was listening to something else because he sailed straight past me. And so I'm watching him on the map. And now he's six minutes away from me. And all of a sudden he must have realised, oops, gone wrong. So he sort of had to do a left, come all the way back round the back again and then managed to find me, having already driven past me once. And so somebody wrote and said, oh, it must be an Uber cab. So I had to quickly justify the fact that I've never been in an Uber cab. I wouldn't know what one looked like. Oh, I tell a lie, I do know what one looks like. Because my friend, Jess... He, he got in a cab the other day. He'd booked a cab. I mean, he didn't pick the most luxurious cab. He picked, obviously, mid-range. Not that he's mean or careful. He's just tight. And so he, uh, he's, he had this Uber cab. And I went, oh, that's an Uber cab. Is it? I wouldn't know. Never been in one. I don't, I don't do, you know, those sort of cars. I do something that's got the name of the company on the back or I do a black cab or failing that, I get the bus being mean and tight myself, because, you know, if I get free buses, why should you pay for anything? And so somebody said, is it an Uber cab?" So I was forced to defend myself and say, I've never been in an Uber car. I know that Christo gets in Uber cars a lot, but apparently the Uber drivers now rate you. God knows what they're thinking about Christo. I can't imagine. I can only hazard a guess at what they say about Christo, because apparently he moans about everything, which is not unsimilar to me. I moan about most of it, but I quite like moaning. I'm not moaning today because it's Friday, and I love Friday. I love Friday. I can't tell you how much I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Not for any particular reason. Not for any. There's no particular reason apart from the fact that, um, that I've got the weekend free. I've got nothing to do today. I've got to nip up to the garage. I've got to drop some, uh, some keys off. And, and that's about it. Then I shall come back. We've got rugby tomorrow. I am out for the rugby. There's no way I'm going to be in because it's uh, it's England-Wales tomorrow. So there'll be a lot of very happy uh, Welshmen and women on the streets and uh, imbibing in the pubs and having a nice time. So that's good. Unfortunately, the time I'll be getting back is the time that they'll be turning out of the ground. So I've got to come round the back way. It'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. It's just that uh, most people, after they've had a rugby game, they'll be out by about ten, ten past ten, something like that. And a lot of them will want to head out of town because you don't want to be stuck in Twickenham... On a, on a Saturday night. Because you will find, come Sunday morning, there will be people wandering around in a stupefying state going, uh, you know, I can't find the train station. I can't find the train station. Where I? I? Can't find it. And they'll be so sozzled from the night before. So the idea is that once you've had the rugby and you've had your drinks beforehand and you've had drinks during the game and you've had your popcorn and hot dog and burger and all the rest of it, or a pasty, much more, much more uh, beneficial, I think, a pasty than anything else, then you want to get out and you want to get home because it's been a long day. Been a long day. Hope they throw the book, says uh, Ian, at the Primark woman. Far too many liars out there milking the compensation cow. How many innocent people's lives ruined by these people? Enjoy prison food, darling. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, Jan Moyer says exactly the same. They have to throw the book at her. You cannot have somebody who wastes the police time, who goes on and deliberately tells a lie. She deliberately told a lie. She, She defamed Primark. She told them that one of their security men had grabbed her child. As if that's ever going to happen. As if that is ever going to happen. I mean, how thick does she have to be? I can't remember if she went on television and talked about it. It's the sort of thing this morning would put on there. You know, but I, I think, and I'm a firm believer in the fact that if you... She's obviously like a child. If you actually tell a um, uh, somebody not to do something... Uh, then they're, they're going to want to do it. And I think in the case of her, she told the lie, but then it went too far. And so she embellished the story and now she can't get back out of it again. So as as a child, you know, your mum goes, did you do that? You know, did you break that window? No. You did break that window. I didn't. I You did. I saw you. You did. It wasn't me. You, you broke the... W- I didn't do it. And you stand there in all innocence and you've gone so far down the line that even then you start thinking, perhaps I didn't do it. But you know you did. And so you then have to try and get out of it. And then you go, I I didn't do it deliberately. (laughs) Your mum goes, well, it looked fairly deliberate to me. I didn't do it. I just leant against it and it just just broke. I didn't didn't really do it. Right. Up to your bedroom. I didn't do it. And she's a bit like that. She's a bit like that. She did this story. All of a sudden people are interested in it because she's a nobody. She's an absolute nobody. She uh, she's di- she did something and all of a sudden it gave her a bit of a profile. And people go, oh, you're the one whose baby was snatched off by the Primark security guard. Yeah, I'm that one. Yeah, you lying old baggage. No, you weren't at all. And uh, Marg says, what this comes down to is a generation of girls with a look at me, I'm a victim mentality. Well, she, I mean, she'd be looking, I don't know. I mean, do they not? I mean, I don't want to be rude. But to be honest with you, do these people not know that you can find evidence out quite quickly? They've got CCTV. They can see from the outside of the shop. They can see the inside. They can see people coming in and out. Every corridor is covered. That's what they do. They put it in there. Not, not to protect you, to protect them against people like her, who will make allegations against them. They've got a very good policy on breastfeeding. You could all sit there and breastfeed. And, of course, weren't people going to go down there and sort of have it out with them and sort of start breastfeeding? And you think, but they don't have a problem with that. Just make yourself look stupid. Throw the book at them. Throw the book at them, everybody else says. And uh, I agree with you. The book should be thrown out. At- off to prison. As far as I'm concerned, she just, you know, she, she almost demands it. I don't want to see her enjoying Christmas. Let's make her suffer like she made Primark suffer. Not that I think they suffered that much, but to be quite honest, to be quite honest, I think you cannot welcome these people into society. You cannot go round making allegations about somebody which you cannot substantiate. Uh, Nick says, great show as always. I've now got the mental image of you wearing Lederhosen, a Bavarian hat with a feather and a thong. Do you know, I believe there's probably a film as well, I should imagine, in there somewhere, or at least a series of photographs. I also have an image of me in Lederhosen with a lovely Bavarian hat with a little feather on the side and the thong. I've never actually worn a thong. I have to have this on record. But being a Friday, anything is possible. If I wanted to, I could wear one. I don't think people would like it very much. I think I'd walk through this building. I think people would be throwing themselves out of windows. They're going to be going, poor old Steve Allen. Here he is again. Look, attention-seeking and he's sort of, he's got to wear a thong. Although, to be honest with you, if you'd ever seen a picture of me in a thong, of which it does not exist, uh, the last thing it would be would be attention-seeking, which I think is probably safer. Uh, A little bit later, we'll have some clips on the programme of the two guests who are going to be joining me for In Conversation this week. Uh, Next week, I'm only telling you this now because I've had so uh, many inquiries from people. The Osmonds will be on. We did them the other day, if you remember, and uh, and very, 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 very good they were too. The other day, Leslie Bricus, Superman. What a what a clever man. What a talented lyricist. He's written everything from My Old Man's a Dustman to Goldfinger. He's he's up there. He's up and he who he doesn't know. He knew Cole Porter. He knew Sammy Davis Jr. He knew Frank Sinatra. He met Steve Allen. He said to me, did you ever meet the other Steve Allen? I said, no, but people write into me and say, I've just Googled you and discovered you died some years ago. Which is always fairly depressing.
0: It's 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC.
1: 26 minutes to five. It's Friday. Friday's the day where you can just go woo and get very excited about things because it's the start of the weekend. Of course, that's rubbish if you work the weekend because it's just another day for you and you don't care about it. It's Monday when you go woo, but we do it on a Friday. Woo, because we just got paid as well. So that's double woo as well. Uh, Winnie says you're on a roll today. Do you know, I could just, if you should say a roll, I could just eat a crusty Greg's roll with with ham and pickle in it. <laughs> I don't know why. All of a sudden, that's now come into my mind. A crusty roll with ham and pickle. That would be delicious, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I might go and get one of those later. You get six for a pound or something. Very cheap. Mark the Luddite says, you've just kept all your cab driver listeners. Listen, they're always there, Mark. I know this. I know this. I've been in more cabs that have had uh, LBC on than you can shake a stick at. I know. It's only just a small... They're still looking. You remember the... um, the incident down at uh, Boris's little session, where he was invaded by some some rogue cab drivers who turned out to be a bit thuggish. And there is an element within within the black cab trade of some thuggish people in there who don't do the cab service any favour at all. They were shouting obscenities at other black cab drivers who hadn't joined in the in the protest. But they're hunting two of them at the moment. The police have got um, pictures. And they're looking for them now. They're still looking for those two brothers who uh, they think Mike can, um, they might be able to help them with their inquiries into the acid that was thrown in that mother of six's face. Do you know, it's getting out of hand. We've got to stop all these things. We really have. Uh, who else is up with us uh, this morning? Uh, this is Amir as well. Feet on the seat. Picture has been retweeted so many times, which I quite like. Uh, Himi as well. And uh, I tweeted a picture of the front of the car. I've managed to get a Oh, I did. I've had a picture of the whole of the car, which came out rather bizarre because of the uh, the sun that day. And uh, Tony says you're a very wise man. Jack, as I said, was, is in a an Uber car at the moment. And uh, Candy Lee's following me, which is quite nice. And uh, and Ryan. Ryan is in Croatia having a holiday. It's become quite a popular place, hasn't it? Slovakia, Croatia, places like that. Up early, ready for a nice day out in Venice. Anybody recommend a nice place to eat? I don't they're not in Venice, no. I don't think so. I should anything round St Mark's Square, I think they add about 50% to the bill. It's very expensive, but that's touristy. But then that's, that's what people do when they're abroad. We do it round here. It's not quite the same, is it, though, really? And uh, if you go to St Mark's Square, it's lovely. People, it is Venice, isn't it? Yeah. And so people love it. People absolutely love it. They sit. Down. I could sit and watch people all day, provided I had sort of an endless supply of coffees and ice cold. It's got to be ice cold water, water with ice in it, see-through ice. It's got to be see-through ice. And I could happily sit there. I mean, right at this precise moment in time, I could go and cook breakfast again. I know it's that time of the morning. I might go. I might go for one today. Actually, I might might go for one. Uh, will you be joining Chris when you visit your friend Jess? <laughs> no, no, he visits me. I don't. I can't visit him because I don't like to get involved in things like that. This is an ongoing joke at the moment around this building, (laughs) and I don't propose to go into it now. Uh, A lot of people getting the mental image of me in lederhosen for some strange reason. I don't know why. And uh, I went to my first ever musical on Saturday night with my wife, Steve, and um, we saw Miss Saigon. Did you? Where's Miss Saigon on? I can't remember is Miss Saigon on in London, or did you see Les Miserables? Where's Miss Saigon on? Anyway, he says, on the way back to Piccadilly Circus, we do- walked down Old Compton Street, still raving about Miss Saigon, when my wife said, you really enjoyed that. And I said, I most certainly did. But I felt the need to categorically state that I wasn't gay. That's what they all say, darling, came a camp reply from a very camp pensioner. He said you had to be there. I mean, well, you, I mean, you take your life in your hands, you're in Old Compton Street. What do you expect? Fancy wandering down Old Compton Street. Have you got leanings? Have you got leanings? I mean, you wouldn't just wander down there, would you? Because you have to do a detour if you're coming from Piccadilly Circus down Old Compton Street. So I think you really wanted to be there. I think you wanted to go there. Did you have a hankering for a feather boa or something like that? (laughs) I <laughs> don't want to go down that route myself, actually. Uh, 84850. Steve at LBC.co.uk. We absolutely put everything in on the programme. I don't miss anything out. Any text and any email that comes in, they get read out on the programme. It's all good news, isn't it? I like to do people a favour. I like to be a nice person on a Friday. Actually, I like to try and consider it during Monday to Thursday, but something generally goes a bit wrong on Monday to Thursday, and I don't actually do things, you know, that good. Uh, Fetty Wop apparently loves Uber. Fetty. <laughs> Ever since I mentioned Fetty Wap, it's very funny because my my friend Jez, he's, he, 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 he enjoys a drink of an evening. And obviously yesterday he'd had quite a few drinks because he sent me a, a text uh, about a bagel being delivered to the studio with just brown sauce in it and no bacon, which he told me some hours before. He'd already told me twice during his programme, which I was sort of sitting in on yesterday, about the person bringing in the bagel. And then he sent me a text about it later as if he never mentioned it to me. I don't know, when you get to a certain age, you kind of forget, don't you, things? You forget things. Uh, On the front pages of the uh, Papiers for this morning being a Friday, you'd be delighted to know that the Mail haven't gone too overboard with the final day of the political book of the decade, only if the political book is the only one and you're bored with life. uh, And you're thinking of chucking yourself out of a window. It was the dullest read I ever had. The only excitement on day one with the pig's head, which, as they've now said, might or might not be true. You have to make up your own mind. I mean, I made up my own mind. I couldn't care less. I really didn't care le- I couldn't care less what people get up to at university. There's probably people getting up to shenanigans now listening to this programme. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. It doesn't, doesn't make any difference to me at all what somebody gets up to it at university. Why would you think that? I mean, there are people probably drunk as a skunk now, you know, doing, you know, all sorts of uh, different things that they do for initiation ceremonies. I couldn't care less. You know, I'm not there. Doesn't make any difference to me. You know, if I started doing odd things in the studio and, you know, in 20 years time, the producer writes a book about, oh, Steve Allen used to sit there wearing his thong in the studio. People go, that's outrageous. What difference does it make? Nothing to do with anybody else. Uh, There is the story of the Iranian in the paper, uh, Azra Aliya. And he says, send me back home. He can't stand violent and rude Manchester. Goodbye. Goodbye. Off you go then. Well, don't I'm not really that bothered about you either, pal. And so they say he's a migrant. He said he'd rather go home than remain in Manchester. Well, go home then. Go home. Try and be an adult. Try and make up your own mind. Try and try and sort of be a man as opposed to being a and wuss. He's so desperate to return to Iran that he's handed himself into police, claiming to be an illegal immigrant, and asking to be sent back. No, he's been here for ages. He's he's in the UK lawfully. He moved here ten years ago. He'd applied for a British passport. Go home, dear. You pay for yourself. All right, off you go. Shoo, shoo. Silly little person. Silly little... I'm fed up with everything, he said. Good, go home. He said, I'm fed up with everything. It's not what I imagined coming here. Everywhere you go, you want to work hard and follow your dreams, but it's not a dream I wanted. Go home. Whinging little girl's blouse. Never had anything like it. So he's here. He's got a British passport now. And now he decided, you know, he's, he's milking the system. I want you to pay to send me back home. I'm an illegal immigrant. Are you that thick? Obviously, quite clearly, yes is the answer. You know, you've got a British passport. We're not paying to send you back home. You want to go home, go home. Go and buy a ticket like anybody else. What's the matter with these people? Ridiculous, isn't it, nowadays? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Pop down to Dawlish, Devon. Full English being cooked at around 9.30, says Mary. Listen, that's way too late for me. I want it now. I want to have a a breakfast delivered now. No, don't, seriously. If, If I actually say that... You know, somebody might deliver something like that. Um, um, Rob says, "The postie, you've gone from a crusty roll to a cooked brekkie. You'll be having a roast next. Easy." They had a picture in the paper in, the, in Country Life the other day, and it was of a lovely piece of roast beef. And it really did. And I suddenly realised how much on a Sunday. And everybody does roast chicken now on Sunday, don't they? Roast roast chicken because it's it's fairly cheap and cheerful, and it can feed a lot of people for not much money. But a piece of roast beef and Yorkshire pudding and crispy roast potatoes and a nice bisto gravy. I know, I'm sorry, I can't help it. I'm, I'm, the trouble is, I'm making a rod for my own back this morning and for the producers because if you looked at this this picture of this roast beef, it just it just oozed happiness. It said happy on the side of it, and and I looked at it and I thought, I have been out to some places and uh, we've we've had occasionally at Christmas. If I'm at my brothers, we have Yorkshire puddings. I know it seems a bit odd to have with turkey, but to be honest with you, it's delicious. Fill your boots, as far as I'm concerned, and to have roast beef... Now, what vegetables would you have? Oh, I know. Cauliflower cheese. That's the only thing, out of all the vegetables that I eat, that affects my diabetes quite badly. That's the only thing. Cauliflower... It must be something in the cauliflower cheese. It just sends me a bit... What did I have to... Gee, I can't even remember what I had for tea yesterday. Oh, I know what I had. I had steak. I had a bit of fillet steak with a, with a peppercorn sauce and some mashed potato with extra butter. It was delicious. And I put it all into the same saucepan. So what I did, I fried these, I cut the steak into pieces, into sort of bite-sized chunks, as I call it. And if you steam fillet steak, it melts in your mouth. It's melting in my mouth at this precise moment. And so I put that in the bottom, leave that for probably about 10 minutes and then sort of turn it around a little bit, drain off the juices which come out of the the steak. And then on top of that, <laughs> I tell you, I cannot cook. I'm, j- I'm freely admitting to you all now that I cannot cook, but I make a good attempt at messing up and I'm a one-pot person. I don't want to, wa- I don't want to have loads of pots on the hob. It's, I don't want to do washing up. I'm not doing that that kind of thing. And so... Uh, you, do, you do the steak, pour off the juices after that. You can see if it's cooked and you can gauge it. And then on top of that, I put some mashed potato, which I spread out over the top, put the lid back on, left that for another 10 minutes. So the juices permeate the mashed potato. And then I got a packet. I don't make any of these things. I buy everything. I'm useless. Totally useless. And and it was it was peppercorn sauce i 've also put uh Dianes sauce over the top of it as well, but peppercorn is particularly nice. Cut the top off, drizzled that over the top of the potato, put the lid back on again, and it all fused together. It was delicious it i mean i can 't tell you how good it was. It would only have been superseded had I managed to put in the halogen oven some uh, some Yorkshire puddings that i didn 't put any Yorkshire puddings in there, but i could have t- it was so delicious. I ate every bit. Every bit of it. I thought, well, why not? For goodness sake, you only live once, don't you? Well, on second thoughts, maybe you live twice. I don't know. I wonder what it's going to be like up there. Uh, Steve, um, I had a foot-op on Tuesday. A friend of mine's going in to have a hernia operation. He's going to be off work for three weeks. Three weeks off work. Isn't that unbelievable? Anyway, the bone in my big toe, says Mo, had to, had to be broken. And the bone's above my instep and a metal plate put in. It's painful. So you're making me smile. Okay, listen, I'm practically available on the NHS at the moment. People say to me, oh, I've got a migraine, but luckily listening to your programme makes me forget. Yes, this programme makes a lot of people forget. Makes them forget who they are, I think. Quarter to five. Steve Allen on LBC. Jane says to me, I'm certainly not buying your cookbook if you write one. I don't know, actually. People often write into me and say, so what did you have for tea last night? And I go through some turgid recipe that I've just thrown in. It's just, it's a one-stop shop. I do, you know, I can't cook anything. I, at Christmas time, we buy everything in. Or failing that, you know, go to, a, go to a hotel for Christmas, which is terribly expensive. I mean, it really is expensive. But it takes away all the, all the sort of worry about having to cook everything. Let somebody else cook it. And last year, we had a really super Christmas lunch. In fact, I think I had two Christmas lunches last year, which I do enjoy. But this morning, it's it's just going to be roast beef. So anyway, here's the story of the owner of a wild food restaurant. I've got no idea what wild food is. But uh, he's been arrested after he was seen drinking champagne while allegedly pointing a shotgun at passers-by. This is somebody called Richard Gladwin, who was arrested by armed police after reports of him in a, in a shooting stance, pointing the shotgun at a taxi driver. A council report said he appeared to be heavily intoxicated and was waving the gun around, which he kept on display in the restaurant. Officers arrived at the the King's Road in Chelsea minutes later and arrested three men, including Mr Gladwin, on suspicion of possessing a firearm with intent to cause fear of violence. They've got great terminology for these things, haven't they? And a report says that another male was invited inside from the street and the group consumed a bottle of champagne. And uh, now... The Metropolitan Police have made a a request asking the council to review the restaurant's licence on the grounds it's associated with serious crime. Good grief. Pippa Middleton is said to have been a fan of the restaurant, uh, which uh, says sustainable ingredients and wines from the family farm in Sussex are served in a bucolic space. Uh, The licence of the trio's other restaurant, The Shed, in Notting Hill, is also under review. I mean, to be honest with you, you'd have to be a bit thick, wouldn't you, if you're Richard Gladwin and his head chef brother Oliver, if you're standing there. And he's pictured in the papers holding a shotgun. What sort of thicko is he? I mean, really, dear God. I mean, is there any brains out there? You worry about this. So somebody's got a restaurant, which is sort of obviously fairly well-heeled, and um, uh, it says here there is a, a... a thing from the council that says under the conditions there shall be no replica or decommissioned firearm or similar displayed or kept at the premises. What's he doing holding it then, stupid boy? god oh, blimey, up! your mummy and daddy give you a good slap on the back of the legs. What a dimbo. What a dimbo. It's Not good enough, is it? Uh, the one thing we, uh, we don't like on this programme, uh, apart from stupid people from reality shows, uh, is speed humps. They're everywhere now. I mean, my car's wide enough to go round the things where they're just sort of they're there and you can drive through the middle of them. But some of the other ones, you bounce up and down. It can't do the underneath of the car any good at all. It really can't. But, you know, we have to put up with it. They do it because it's called traffic calming. Traffic calming. You don't see them on the motorway, do you? All they do is they just flash up the signs. 30 miles an hour, accident ahead and you think, no there isn't, but of course you have to do 30 miles an hour because all of a sudden the speed cameras come into operation, so you've got to be very very careful Uh, Dan's in Rochester poor soul honestly, he says uh, loving you and the show could listen to you all day yeah, well I mean I am on seven days a week, it has to be said I'm on tomorrow morning between five and seven it's the best of Steve Allen and it's a short programme, it only runs about five minutes, and uh, then I'm on on Sunday morning and we will have this morning a couple of clips from my guests for In Conversation, which is every Sunday morning between 5 and 6, and then between 6 and 8 I'm live with the Sunday papers. And I love doing the Sunday papers. I absolutely love the Sunday papers. It's the only time... I'm beginning to wonder what's going to be appearing in the papers this week. I had a couple of hints yesterday from some uh, from journalist friends of mine, and I went, oh, no, because one of them's about somebody that I'm aware of. And so I don't like to see things like that in the paper. I always sort of worry about it. Because people tend to believe everything that they read in the newspapers. Whereas some of it you should take with a very, very big pinch of salt. You know what they're unearthing? At the moment, they're they're trying to find the Mona Lisa's bones. I don't think she's still smiling, but there you go. Or not smiling, as the case may be. But now the Russian investigators have reopened an investigation into the death of Tsar Nicholas II and exhumed his remains. Because the Romanov family members were murdered by Bolshevik revolutionaries. Uh, Some of them, I think uh, the Tsar and his wife, the Tsarina, and I think three of the children were found, but they didn't find his son and another daughter. But they're not sure where... They're not even totally convinced that these are, in fact, the bones of Tsar Nicholas II and part of his family. But they've exhumed them anyway, so now they're having another check... Uh, Because you remember the story that the Bolsheviks moved them to this house and uh, they were stuck there for ages because they were they were getting rid and they didn't want any evidence of things like that at all. So they're there with a lot of Bolsheviks. And then the word came through that they had to get rid of them. So they were being kept there. There was no point in them keeping there. And so they they made up a story that they were going to be transported to somewhere else where they could carry on with their lives. And so they all got dressed. They were woken up in the early hours of the morning. They got them dressed and they all went and sat downstairs in a room. And this man comes in and he starts talking to them about, you know, we have to to do this. The door opened and I think there's three or four soldiers with guns and they literally open fire on them and they shoot them there they weren't all killed immediately so they went round and put bullets in their head as well and uh, and then they just got rid of the bodies, now I thought that the bodies were buried in the forest, uh, they turned up some years later, they've done DNA on them, now they're doing new DNA to find out whether or not uh, they are there, the, um, the DNA tests authenticated uh, the Romanov remains found in 1991 in a mass grave in the Urals but the test didn't convince some Orthodox Church members because the bones of two family members um, were only found in 2007 at a different spot. Now, they're in cardboard boxes in the Russian State Archive. and They need new checks to prove to the Church leaders so that they can be certain that they can be buried with the family in the Peter and Paul Cathedral. Uh this, uh this dank cellar that they were executed in was back in 1918. And there was always the story, wasn't there, that one child survived. Uh, that was Anastasia. And Anastasia was living in a forest. And when they said to her, who are you? She went, I'm the... Uh, the crown princess Anastasia, and then it, was tur- it turned out that she wasn't. She was just another mad woman. But it's very interesting that when they sort of, they, they can now do these DNA testing, which of course, 1918, they wouldn't have the faintest idea what DNA testing was. So they can now prove beyond a shadow of a doubt exactly what went on and whether they can bury the bones in the cathedral. It's funny, isn't it? You know, we find a king under a car park somewhere and they start doing that again. And uh, so this one I'll be very interested, because I was was always fascinated by the Romanovs and how terrifying it must have been. The the, the children didn't have any idea. I think the son was partially disabled. They didn't have any idea that they were going to be executed, and they they took it... Well, they didn't have any choice, did they, really. They just sort of sat there on chairs, uh, waiting, thinking that they were going to be transported, but, of course, they weren't transported at all, and that was what was so dreadful about it, that they were just all executed at the same time. Uh, Paloma's rugby song has been mauled by the critics. This is Paloma Faith. Uh, Rugby fans have accused her of being vocally acrobatic. Now, I've never heard that phrase in my life. It sounds wonderful. And uh, they said she's murdered the World in Unison song, which is recorded by a different singer for every tournament. Fans have sent a petition to ITV And uh, the letter that accompanies the petition says, We, the undersigned, request that you, ITV, remove Paloma Faith from the Rugby World Cup in order to make it a more more enjoyable experience for all the spectators. People wrote, Paloma Faith has butchered World in Union. I can't remember how the song goes. It's World in Union. (laughs) That sounds a bit feeble, doesn't it? I'm sorry about that. Having to listen to this dirge every time a match comes on is ruining my experience. Please, please stop using her. One lady called Jessica from Kent, little Jessica, said it sounds less like a professional singer and more like somebody paid to uh, paid a bribe to let their tone-deaf child be on the telly. Oh, dear, poor old Miss Faith. Anyway, she shrugged it off, saying, some people are slating it. I feel like they don't like change, but I don't mind. I'm quite pleased with it. I don't know anything about Paloma Faith. I'm, I'm sure I should do it. I'm sure she's done it very, very well. World in Union. It sounds quite good, doesn't it? Seeing as I live in the home of, of rugby. Well, I say home of rugby. The rugby is actually in Witten. I live in Twickenham, but that's the nearest station for them. Uh, Vladimir Putin has phoned Elton John. Finally, the Kremlin have confirmed that uh, they've had... Because after poor old Elton got a bit hoodwinked, but then it's quite easy to hoodwink Elton John. Cooey, Elton, make them go away. That was tantrums and tiaras. And um, the, uh, the spokesman, Dmitry Peskov we have all got great names. They're very Russian sounding names. Dmitry Peskov. He says that uh, Putin called him and said, I know you were called by those pranksters. Do not get offended by those guys. They're harmless, although this certainly does not justify their actions. And Putin said, he know, because I think he's a fan of Elton John, you know, fan like, you know, really like him or, you know, want to hold hands and go skipping. I don't know. But either way, they, they have spoken and I think there is going to be uh, more more dialogue as well, which is good news, isn't it? I quite like that idea that Elton John, because Bono's been speaking to famous people for years, but Elton's always sort of, he doesn't do that kind of thing, he just gets on with his with his job, which is entertaining people. He goes out there and, and he does his little thing and everybody goes, yeah, it's Elton John, Elton John. I was told, we we were speaking about Bernie Torpin yesterday with Leslie Bricus who's going to be on In Conversation. I think it's going to be on, I'm, I'm pretty certain, actually, I think it's going to be on with the Osmonds. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Makes perfect... What have I done here, honestly? Come on, Stephen, don't be silly. What have you done? What have you done? Wait a minute, come here. Oh, sorry, I hit the screen there. That makes me sound a bit violent in the studio. I'll come around to that a little bit later on. Uh, Theresa May wearing the most awful Wellingtons you've ever seen. Really, dr- on earth, persuaded us to wear these things. Ghastly. And the, the details that homebuyers will not compromise on. You know, it's, um, was it, um, yeah, Darren was talking earlier on about buying a car and he said, since when does colour matter? I'm sure he said, since when does colour matter? And I remember thinking, as far as I'm concerned, I buy a car based on its colour. I've got to be tempted to, I wouldn't buy a black car, I wouldn't buy a car with a black interior. Now I've had cream interiors and white interiors, I like cream leather interiors, but I would never buy a black car. I I don't think I'd buy a green car either. But I suppose some people... Get, you have to be drawn to a car, don't you, if you're going to actually go out and buy something. If you're going to commit yourself to spending a lot of money, I want to, I want to know exactly you know, what I'm getting. And I've got to like the colour. But at the moment, I like the colour. like the colour of all of my cars. But then I would do, wouldn't I? Because I've actually bought them. Final day of the political nonsense of the decade. These stories about what the Prime Minister did or did not get up to. Ministers considering the Channel 4 sell off a billion pounds, they reckon. Look out, look out. It's Louis Walsh, maybe on his way back to X Factor. The Pope's call to abolish the US death penalty... He's not a naughty boy. He's just trying to give up cigarettes. Katie Hopkins leaves the sun. She's in it today, but she's leaving to go to the mail online. The very mild curry for white PPL. Apparently, in this particular restaurant, white PPL stands for milk. Yeah, right. All of that and more the other side of the news at five, which is next on LBC.
0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC, text 84850, Steve Allen. On LBC.
1: Morning, every nice to be company. The final day of the political book of the decade. Thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord. Apparently people are buying it. People are curious to discover what people get up to at universities, allegedly. The rugby fans raising a petition to stop ITV playing Paloma Faith. They said it's an abysmal version. The Channel 4 sell-off, worth a billion, they reckon. Can it be true? The Pope's call to abolish the US death penalty. Jeremy Carr's marriage is over. The Primarch, you know, the security man grabbed my baby. No, he didn't. She was telling lies. She's going to go to prison, and that will uh, teach her a lesson. The car number plate, 250GT. 250 250GT, 250 estimated price, £2,200 the plate. Of course, it didn't go for £2,200, did it? You've probably heard the story already. So the number plate... It's not even exciting, is it? 250GT. Well, unless you're gin and tonic... And you've got 250 million quid in the bank. How much money did that go for, that number plate? They estimated at DVLA registrations £2,200. It went for 65,000 quid. As the producer said, some people have got more money than cents. 65,000. Good grief. Probably about the price of the car. Uh, very mild curry for white people, Well, that's what PPL would stand for. The uh, Indian restaurant are claiming that white PPL stands for milk. And other Indian restaurants have said you're lying through your teeth. It doesn't stand for that at all. Very mild curry for white people. That's exactly what it means. That's how I would interpret it. That's how this man interpreted it. And that's how everybody else has interpreted it. Uh, All except the restaurant that said, no, it stands for milk. We, we, We put white milk in there. White PPL. I don't even see the, the letter M anywhere in there. Do you? No, because they're telling lies. Uh, the morbidly obese woman, she's pictured in the paper today. It's another one of these moaning Marys who goes, I'm morbidly obese. And they said, well, I'd go on a diet. I want a personal trainer. Sorry? I want a per-. She'll be appearing on this morning. That'll be the sort of person that actually put on these, these programmes. They'll be, uh, Philip and what's it, they'll, they'll drag this old fat thing down and she'll sit on the sofa and go, I want personal trainer. And they'll go, well, why don't you just lose weight normally, like the rest of the country? Want personal trainer? Well, could you not go on a diet? Want personal trainer? (laughs) It's hilarious, isn't it? Peter Andre's in line to be the face of a new ITV motoring programme. Oh, dear God in heaven. Please spare us that. What does Peter Andre know about car? Is he a petrolhead? No, of course he's not, but he loves his kids. So no doubt they'll be featuring in it. Uh, The Iranian who can't stand violent and rude Manchester, so he walks into a police station and lies for his teeth, says he's an illegal immigrant, wants to be sent home. Of course, they've found out now that he's got a British passport. He's been here for 10 years and he just wants a free, free back home holiday. So uh, no chance, mate. No chance. Once a liar, always a liar. Uh, vitamin C can save your life. I don't think it stops a cold, though. I don't think it stops a cold. You have to eat a lot of vitamin C. Somebody said to me once, you know, even if you eat an orange, and I've got a number of oranges in the studio today, they said you could eat a whole orange grove and it wouldn't stave off a cold. You need it concentrated. Uh, have they found the tomb of the real Mona Lisa? Who cares? I'm not remotely bothered. She always looked miserable as sin anyway. And uh, not one person, but two people replacing Anne Robinson because she's leaving Watchdog. How many... Talk about the BBC wasting money. Oh, we're really trying to save money. We're going to shove everybody up to Manchester, God help you. And uh, so you're getting rid of Anne Robinson, but two people are now doing the job where one person did it before. It's a joke, isn't it, the BBC? It's our BBC, and it's your money they're wasting. Um, And uh, Perry... Perry whats the face who used to go out with Zayn. Zayn was in a little boy band called One Direction and then he quit because I wanted to be a normal 22-year-old. A normal 22-year-old just involves getting drunk and being face down in the gutter most of the time and hanging around with parties because he used to be in the music business. Now he's just a ligger and turns up to everything and Perry was dumped and it all went a bit pear-shaped because he'd been seen with other girls and she was a terrible day. And awful. And they have to play their love life out in the press. They have to play play it out in OK Magazine. That's what these people do nowadays. But anyway, apparently now, Perry's a different person. She's loving the single life. Well, you better get used to it, love, because it's going to be around for quite a while. And are you a twitcher? A twi- You know what a twitcher is? It's not somebody the- I've got like a bit of a tick or something like that. A thousand spotters jostled the other day for a glimpse of a bird's first visit to the UK. A first visit, they think it was blown off course, poor soul. So one minute had friends, and people travel from the whole country. They've got their cameras, they just want to... I never understand twitching. If I live to be 39, I promise you, I never, ever understand anything about twitching. I've got no idea what the fascination would be. But there again, I've got no idea why people want to write down railway train numbers. I don't know why people sit at the end of platforms. You don't get it so often now. You used to get it a lot. People sitting at the end of a platform, they would write the train number down. We used to call them anoraks, but there again, people who follow uh, radio presenters could be classed as anoraks. I know people who are radio presenters and they are anoraks at the same time, whereas I know nothing about radio, as is patently obvious from this programme. I don't know. I I really don't know anything about it. I know people who can tell you, you know, how radio works and they can tell you all the presenters. I don't know anything like that at all. I really, I really know nothing. They just give me a set of papers. They sort of put a shilling in my side and wind up the clockwork motor inside me. And I just sort of sit here and motor on for for a couple of hours. I've got no idea how radio works. I don't, I really don't understand it. But I know people who get fascinated by it. I mean, I'm interested in how I can speak into this, this microphone here. And then it goes up onto the top of the building. And then the, it's sent. I mean, I don't even understand that bit. It's sent out as radio waves. I mean, literally, I know nothing. I just—I'm assuming it ends it up in your radio somewhere, and some people record it and they download the podcast. Did I mention the podcast? We do have a podcast. In fact, we have two. We have a free podcast every day, and which is looking at the wonderful world of celebrity. I'm just because I've, I've already got the stuff that we're going to be doing this morning, and so oh, they, they, they've got the winner of uh, a Big Brother. Thank God it wasn't that ghastly old fraud pair. Chloe, I'm in tears again. And thank God we've seen the back of them, because we've seen the front enough. And uh, Zayn Maz Malik has posted a cryptic tweet. We were exposed. One Direction apologised for sound problems. And um, and so Zayn, Zayn Malik uh, did something and, and was tweeting about it as well. I think they're actually appearing in here today, aren't they? Not actually in this studio, quite clearly. And uh, Lindsay... Lohan dressing down as she was watching Selena Gomez performing. She came in here the other day, actually. I didn't know who she was. I really didn't know who she was. I had no idea. They went, I mean, I I knew afterwards when they said, oh, it's it's Selena Gomez. I went, oh, right, Selena Gomez. What is her claim to fame? She went out with Justin Bieber. And uh, now they call her an English rose. And this is uh, Lucy Mecklenburg. I mean, have you ever heard her open a mouth? Have you ever heard her speak? she spent most... I mean, admittedly, when she was on... Uh, the Only Way is Essex. She didn't actually speak very much to it, most of her time in tears because she's a little bit simple. And so... And she hasn't changed. She hasn't changed. They're now sort of... She turned out at, at a launch party. In other words, it's another freebie, you know, eating canapes kind of thing. That's what people do nowadays. They just go to launch parties. You can always tell if they're not working, they go to a launch party. Most people who are who are sort of working can't go to launch parties. I got invited to one the other day. You know, the, the Elstree one? And apparently it's a book... And so and I wrote back and said, listen, I'd love to come to it, but it's it's a midweek thing and I have to get up really early in the morning. At the time the party starts over at Elstree, I'm going to be curled up in bed with with Teddy and Winnie the Pooh. And, uh, and so she said, well, very kindly, they're going to send me a copy of the book anyway. So it was quite nice. I like nice people. Um, 84850 Steve at uk. And um, welcome back to uh, to Noreen. We missed her, Jason and John Daly, your sovereign man. And um, uh, white PPL, Steve, is white portion pilau. I suppose They said it meant milk. I'll, I'll bring you the story a bit later on because it's hilarious, really. Uh, I bought uh, my little old car, K.A., says Dean, because it was good for 600 quid. It wouldn't have mattered to me if it was sky blue pink. Obviously, oh so you're governed by price. You see, I'm not governed by... Well, obviously, I'm governed by price. I've got a, I've got a limit of what I can spend on a car. And, um... So I would be going for a car I like the look of. I do see some cars on the road. You've all seen them. And you look at it and you think, why would you buy that colour? I saw something the other day. It was in a bright green. I mean, it was so bright. It was literally fluorescent green, which I didn't. And I've seen some really gar- Mind you, I've seen some blinged up motors like mine in the most awful colours. But uh, sky blue pink. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Uh, Mary's just had a, a listen to Paloma Faith's version of uh, World in Union. Dreadful version. And Joe says, I wouldn't buy a silver car. You see, I would, actually. I would. I've I've had two silver cars in my life. One was a Fiat Tipo, and uh, the other one's the one I've got at the moment. Um, I meet Russian royalty in Hampstead while fixing her alarm 15 years ago. uh, An elderly lady, I won't mention her name on the programme. I visited Moscow a few years ago on a football trip and asked a man in the museum uh, if he knew of her. And he said, yes. So there you go. There you go. It's my birthday today. Mundeep is in Southall, 24, 24, honestly, so close to my age, so close to my age, so you can have a, you can have a very, very happy birthday, 24 years old, honestly, <laughs> 20, I can't, I was trying to think back actually, when I, when I read the, the text, I was thinking to myself, what was I doing when I was 24, and I have a horrible feeling, I was here. I think I was here. If I joined... Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, It's a well-known fact that uh, lettuce on the line makes trains go faster, says Patrick. Thank you. At uh, at this rate of food yearning, uh, you'll be dribbling over Christmas dinner very soon, Steve. Uh, Says Diana in Richmond. I watched the wonderful series with Wogan and Mason, the taxi driver. They had Yorkshire pudding with rhubarb jam in Harrogate. I saw that one as well. I could watch that duo every night. It was a delightful interlude of gentle wit, camaraderie and great food. Yes, I thought Yorkshire. I mean, why should you not be able to put mixed sweet and savoury? And so they they did rhubarb. And I love rhubarb anyway. I really do. They do a lovely thing in Waitrose. It's called a rhubarb compote and you buy a jar of it and it's just stewed rhubarb. But the trouble is, I remember my mother making it years ago and I seem to remember in the back of my mind that it was absolutely full of sugar. I think she poured half, you know, half a tonne of sugar in to do it. Uh, But I used to love stewed rhubarb. It's probably my mother's fault that I'm a diabetic, I would think. But uh, yes, I saw, imagine Yorkshire pudding with rhubarb jam. How lovely. I'll tell you what I used to like, but I haven't had for ages. I used to like um, marmalade, but not orange cut marmalade. I used to like Rose's lime marmalade because I loved the jar and it was lighter and it was a bit bit tangy. But I've not had that for ages either. I have all these things that I think they're on my wish list. Other people have different things on their wish list. Mine would be Rose's lime marmalade. But I could still eat fried bread any day of the week. Fried bread. And now we've talked about rhubarb. I think I might have to nip into Waitrose and get some stewed rhubarb and have it with a bit of double-thick clotted cream. <laughs> have you got some rhubarb in the garden? Have you really? Yeah. We've well, used rhubarb in our garden. Because once you grow it, it just pops up every year, doesn't it? Even more. I love it. I love it. Quarter past five. Nick Ferrari and the team this morning. Saudi Arabia's king has ordered a safety review into the Hajj pilgrimage. After more than 700 people died in this stampede near the holy city of Mecca. But who's to blame? I think it's overcrowding. I've never seen so many people. But it's it's a rite of passage. It's the... Oh, sorry. I do beg your pardon. And, sorry. Uh, it's the 100th anniversary of the Battle of Luz. We join Nigel Farage on a fascinating history lesson in France. And should a school have confiscated an ex... Uh, one of these e-cigarettes from a 14-year-old pupil hooked on fags? That and more with Nick Ferrari... This morning at 7, Camilla Tomine, the Royal Editor of the Sunday Express, is looking at the papers. And that's all after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. I was just checking, actually. I know that uh, Jordan Hemingway will be listening to the programme this morning. Probably Danny Milo as well. This is all people who are sort of up the... This is sort of the, uh, the, northern, the northern bit of the Steve Allen fan club, which is quite nice. I think he's actually coming... He's a producer. He works for one of our, our radio stations. Danny's not. He's, he's a presenter. And so I think they're going to be coming down to, uh, to London for, uh, for a lunch one time, which I quite like, actually. You can now get frozen mash, says fill in supermarkets. Well, I, I get the um, Marks and Spencers ones, which seems to come a bit like... It's, an, it's not frozen, but it, it does come as a solid unit. And I just sort of take spoonfuls of it and spoon it on top of... It's delicious. It's delicious. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really terrible, actually. Uh, Alison says, uh, you like quality TV. I recommend you watch Outlander with Sam... Is it Huygen on Amazon Prime? You'll be hooked after episode one. And uh, Hadja says, the only thing that helps me when waking up early is the, uh, is the Steve Allen show. <laughs> kind of helps me as well. <laughs> helps me in, in more than one way, ladies and gentlemen. More than one way. But, uh, but I do like it. And uh, what else do we have today? Oh, yes, there was the, the other thing. What, oh, somebody's told me, a number of people have told me, this number plate that went for 65,000, I'm assuming... It's well John John Pollard says it's a very famous model of Ferrari, Steve. So is that do you think it's going on to a Ferrari? In which case if you've got a Ferrari, and I don't know how much they cost, but I'm assuming it's a lot of money, sixty five thousand on a on a number plate probably isn't. And so if you've got a Ferrari two fifty G T and you've got the number plate that says two fifty G T, that increases the price of it. I still can't understand anybody spending that much money. It seems to be, it just seems to be a horrendous amount of money. I mean, I, you know, I have bought personal plates in my time, but I'd never spent any more than 250 quid. Absolutely nothing at all. Apparently, sausage and marmalade sandwiches, says Glenn in Denmark, were always my favourite, until I was reminded by my brother that we learned about them from, uh, from a famous television programme. I've never heard of that before, although, actually, I've had balsamic vinegar and strawberries Balsamic vinegar and strawberries. I mean, that, that's a particularly peculiar one to have, I realise. And, and I just did it. Um, uh, another one here. Uh, Dave says, you mentioned earlier you don't like thick people from reality shows. Thank God. Can't wait to hear what you have to say about Katie Hopkins. Oh, God, my I'm well well documented on Katie Hopkins. Well documented. Oh, yeah. She's my new best friend. You did know that she's been on in conversation. She's done a number of programs on LBC. Oh, God, yes. I mean, because what she's doing is she's doing she's doing an act. She's doing an act. And that's that's why it's an act. You have to just appreciate that she's designed... If if you had somebody doing... Let me put it this way. If you had somebody doing a column in a newspaper and it was a bit bland, like Katie Price's was, it was a bit dreary, there was nothing in it that was of any interest to anybody at all, least of all Katie Price, Uh, then it doesn't, doesn't get people talking. So Katie Hopkins replaced Katie Price, and within a very short space of time, people were talking about Katie Hopkins because she was saying things that were so outrageous... People go, that's ah, dreadful. I mean, I've said things in my time and people say, oh, you just say it for effect. I've never said anything for an effect. Never said anything for an effect. I mean, I always believe everything I say. I mean, a lot of the time it's obviously a joke. You know, And people say I get my, my boss is constantly saying to me, oh, I Steve. Not at the moment because he's not very well. I had to avoid him yesterday because he's... I don't know what he is. I think he's got tonsillitis again or something like that. And so it it can go through this building like like a a rocket or a little exocet. And he said, said, I get the act. I get the act. And, you know, because the act is designed, A, to keep me awake in the early hours of the morning, and B, to get an audience. And if you can achieve both those things, then you've kind of achieved your objective. If you can get an audience at stupid o'clock in the morning on the radio... Well, then I think you've sort of done something. How we do it, I've got no idea. It's a big surprise to me and the producer. We, we have no idea how it works. All this talk, says Tyrone, making me hungry. I normally cook roast lamb. Oh, can't, I can't eat lamb now. Makes me ill. Makes me ill. Lamb or beef on a Sunday and maybe a chicken in the week. So you can have sandwiches the rest of the week and make soup with the bones. Oh. Have you tried broccoli cheese instead of cauliflower cheese? Broccoli cheese. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure about bro- Broccoli cheese. I suppose that would be possible, wouldn't it? I, it's a cauliflower... Yeah, but actually, a te- oh, I, I have. I've just realised, of course I've had it. Because it comes as a ready meal from, from M&S. And if it comes as a ready meal from M&S, there's a very good chance that Steve Allen has probably eaten it. Seeing as he can't cook or do anything else in that department, there's a very good chance that I've eaten it. And I've had... I think it's called Broccoli Bake. It's called Broccoli Bake. Uh, Rob, first time listening. He works for uh, for Wandsworth Council. Well, somebody's got to. Somebody's got to, and it's obviously you today. Uh, Joe in Hornchurch says, we have Yorkshire's with all our roasts, whatever the meat. It's, yeah, do you make them, though, or do you buy them? Somebody told me it's so much easier to buy Aunt Bessie's and just stick them in the oven. And I, and, and that that I, I, I quite like, actually. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited, says Mary. God knows why, but a wagtail sat beside my park bench yesterday and wagged his tail. <laughs> that would be the clue, wouldn't it? That would be the clue, I think. Uh, another one here. Surely, get rid of Anne at 100 million pounds a year, 100,000, employed two for less money combined and have built-in sick and holiday cover happening everywhere, says Helen in Cambridge. Uh, Farm foods, Steve, have roses, lime marmalade for one pound. I quite like it. I haven't had it for years. I haven't... I mean, seriously, I've not had it for years because I'm a little bit worried about what the sugar content would be of something like that. So if you've got a jar at home, does it say how much sugar is in there? Has it got all sorts of things? Uh, Martin and Billerickey is sort of overestimating the relationship between Teddy, Winnie the Pooh and myself. <laughs> they, don't, they don't talk, you know. It's not like... Uh, it's, it's not like Paul, Paul Zerdin's dolls. That must be great. And um, another one here. Uh, Steve, I'm very excited. I've not heard your programme before and I'm loving every minute of it. Oh good news is it? because it's on a friday and i i like things on a friday we like things on a friday jan moyer is uh is talking today about uh the mercedes women this is a still from the confrontation two cars one pulls in one wants to pull out nobody's backing down nobody's backing down at all it's just ridiculous and you just think to yourself listen somebody's got to give in it's like having an argument as you know if you're in a, a marriage or a relationship and you have an argument you you have to make sure that you sort it out by the time you go to bed. You have to sort it out because otherwise it drags on to the next day and uh, and then you get to the stage where you can't go back on it. So you have to sort out arguments very, very quickly. I was just checking my phone. Actually, The reason I'm checking my phone this morning is because yesterday we were trying and sometimes my text messages aren't coming through. They come through from certain people, but then all of a sudden the phone... And it's ever since I've downloaded new stuff from Apple. I know that the new iPhone is released today... I know somebody who's got a number of iPhones. They've ordered a number of I- quite a number of iPhones, quite a number. But ever since I downloaded this software the other day, some of my messages don't come through. There's a friend of mine who I speak to almost every day and his messages don't come through. And, uh, and I'm sort of desperately waiting on one this morning, a particular, and it hasn't, that hasn't come through either. So I'm now worried about whether or not it's broken and it's not letting certain messages through. Do you want to send me a message, Will? Do you want to see if you can send me a message, just to see if it works? Can you send me a message? Send me a message on my phone. No, just on, on my phone. Just send a message to my to my phone, just so if I know it's working this morning. Because so I'm having this, I'm having slight problems with it. Uh, well, I'm I'm not getting paranoid. Nobody's texting me on my phone, but I'm waiting for one particular text, and and it's not arrived in yet. Yeah. No, it's not my new best friend. No, 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 no. I did text my new best friend yesterday and they've not bothered replying to me. So I'm assuming perhaps it's not my new best friend anymore. (laughs) Who knows? But this is... Oh, that... Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you see, it's worked for him. Oh, that's right. It's worked for him. But when my other new best friend tried to text me the other day, it didn't come through for ages. Ages and ages and ages. And I thought, oh, there's um, There's a flash that's just come up on the television. TV ghost hunters found dead. TV ghost hunters found dead, and I don't... That just came up on Sky, but I didn't see who it was. Can we find out? Thank you. Uh, when we were kids, Steve, my sister and I used to pick stalks of rhubarb from our garden and hold them over our heads, says <laughs> Dinah, pretending they were umbrellas. We would eat them, we would eat them, um, as we walked around the garden, dipping them into a bowl of sugar. We'd nibble them to the leaves, then pick another one. Happy days. Oh, I didn't know you could eat raw rhubarb. Is it is it possible to eat raw rhubarb? I wasn't I wasn't too sure. But uh, yeah, we used to have it at the bottom of our garden when we lived in down in Berkshire. I used to love rhubarb. Stewed rhubarb and me just kind of went together like gloves. It was uh, it was something I absolutely adored. Uh, Steve, roast potatoes from M&S are fabulous. I think roast potatoes, full stop, are fabulous. I don't I don't care where they come from. I love everything. I love everything. Uh, Aunt Bessie's, Steve, three minutes in the oven. Why faff around? You know, trying to mix them and, and make them I agree with you absolutely. What is the point of making things when you can buy something and it works just as well? It works just as well, and also it it 's taken away any of the any of the uh, the problems um, now somebody has sent me a, a picture message, and i 'm generally not very good at opening picture messages uh Oh, this is from uh Steve who's in Lewisham I think sometimes the the computer doesn't doesn 't allow me to open different messages so I have to sort of uh, I have to sort of faff around with them a few times on the computer. Sometimes they work sometimes they don't work and uh, I think it's a picture message and I can't yeah I can't open a picture in the studio. I, I can open sorry? What? Nothing online yet. That's only just bro- oh, a bit late actually but uh, we'll take the news. We'll find out more about the uh, the TV ghost hunters found dead. More news on that coming up on LBC It's uh, nearly just gone. 530
0: Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Apparently, strange food, bacon and peanut butter sandwich, says Dave, is absolutely delicious. Uh, Actually, uh, courtesy of our good friend Will Guyett. Morning, Will. We found the reality show's ghost-hunting couple. They're American. I got quite worried, thinking it could have been somebody uh, British. But apparently, it's. the story goes that Reno police have found the bodies of a man and a woman in a barricaded apartment... Uh, they were investigating an earlier Reno homicide. It was the bodies of an estranged husband and wife who appeared as ghost hunters in the television show Ghost Adventures. Uh, Officers are not saying how the three died. There were three in there, so it's Mark and Debbie Constantino. Uh, This is in the apartment several hours after the killing of another man in Reno. They featured on the Travel Channel series, including episodes shot at the Mustang Ranch brothel east of Reno and uh, Market Street Cinema in San Francisco. They were found dead when a SWAT team responding to a hostage situation stormed their adult daughter's apartment. It's interesting. The subjects involved in the incident were not shot at or injured by gunfire from any law enforcement personnel. It sounds like a, a sort of a suicide, doesn't it? Officers heard several gunshots when they knocked the apartment door and heard a man yelling at police to leave. The man told the officers, give me 15 minutes to gather my thoughts or I'll kill her. They're both dead. I should imagine that was a a fairly good indication. Uh, Police used explosives to open the door. An officer was hurt by broken glass and taken to hospital. Uh, Reno Police Lieutenant William Rulia told the Reno Gazette-Journal that Debbie Constantino also was the victim in an earlier kidnapping and domestic incident involving her estranged husband. That'll probably make the papers, but it's Americans and you probably haven't heard of them. But It's only because I saw it come up, so Will, Will Guyot leapt to the defence and we managed to find it very, very quickly. Thank you for that one. Uh, because we've got uh, in conversation this Sunday, what we do on the Friday is we play you a couple of clips of the two guests. Uh, my first guest this week is a former PR man. He's a public relations consultant, but I think the public fell in love with him Uh, when he first came to the screens in 2005 as a special advisor to Sir Alan Sugar on The Apprentice. It was a gig which, in 2012, led him landing his current job as the presenter of Countdown. It is, of course, Nick Hewer. He joined me to talk about his work as the appeal ambassador for the charity Street Child.
2: I enjoy doing it, uh, and you've got to... Not just sort of stick your name on it, but get stuck in. Mm. And I've been down to Sierra Leone a few times. I'm going down in October, actually. Right. Not to run the uh, street uh, child marathon, but to at least watch
1: it. This is the Ebola appeal, isn't it? Right,
2: yeah. Just started. Started yesterday. The thing is, you know, Steve, that... We need a million quid. We need a million quid by the end of the year. And I know there are other issues attracting public attention at the moment. Mm. But what we do at Street Child, until Ebola arrived and swept across Sierra Leone, we were... uh, identifying kids who had run away from home. Why'd they run away? Because the families couldn't afford them. We identify them, we bring them back, we give the families maybe 50 quid to start them up in business so the child can now be supported, so the child can now go to school. That's essentially what we do. Ebola sweeps in and killed thousands. And I think something like 20,000 Ebola victims were created, right? Now what we've got to do is to find their extended families, because they're orphans, they're real orphans. And uh, the extended family in West Africa is different to what we would ex- uh, understand it. Maybe in the village, and somebody will take in the child. Support that family, back to school. Because without education, no nation can make any progress. And that's what Street Child does. And we need the dosh just to finish the job. The We're f- nearly there.
1: They need a million. They need a million. He'll tell you more about that on uh, Sunday. That's uh, Nick Hewer, who's uh, very heavily involved. Uh, my next guest, an actress. Could have been a professional musician, loves Christmas films, plays a mean game of football in goal and enjoys time on the west coast of Ireland with her family who happen to be an acting dynasty. You'll probably remember her from Heartbeat or on the West End stage in the award-winning The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. It's the delightful Neve Cusack. Her new play Ticking opens very, very soon with a fantastic cast including Anthony Head and Tom Hughes at the incredibly intimate Trafalgar Studios. Place just up here in Trafalgar Square in London. So I asked her about the challenge of playing to a smaller and more intimate theatre.
3: It is a challenge, but I think, I mean, one of the reasons I've loved theatre and in, 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 in a way that I don't love the other mediums is is that it's immediate, it's alive in front of you. And that's sort of um, magnified, if you like, when, you've, when, when it's a really small space. I mean, to be honest, when I go to the theatre, I try and get tickets i try and get seats that are close to the, to the stage because I really do love seeing the trickle of sweat, the glisten in the <laughs> eye, whatever it is. Well, you're quite Be-
1: mercenary, aren't you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I do, I, I think, you know, I think something happening in front of you, I mean, theatre is extraordinary and it should live on because there is something about the people being there in front of you and you know that you know, last night's performance wasn't the same as tonight's performance. You know that the audience, ma- the audience that are there that night, make the difference. Mm. So, you know, some people will laugh at certain things and some people won't, and that'll completely change how the story goes. Not not in terms of the the basic narrative, but this, the the different colours. And to feel that you witness something, I mean, I I always think it's a bit like, you know, witnessing a a, a wedding, or you know, there's something very very Private, special, shared and intimate, particularly if you're in a small space, mm. about theatre.
1: Lovely. Neve Cusack. She's going to be with me this Sunday with Nick Hewer. And uh, both will be available as, uh, as available to see on video. I just don't remember what it was. I actually not remember what it was called. Because they were both filmed. As you know, we film our In Conversations. So, uh, very much so. And we filmed The Osmonds. We did them the other day. We filmed Bill Bailey as well. And yesterday we did Leslie Brickus. So we try and film as many of them as, as we can, depending on wh- which studio we actually get our hands on uh, my friend my best friend Helena is off on uh, off on holiday today with Jackie. They should both be sitting in the car at the moment. And I was, I was desperately waiting for them to, to send me a text message. But nothing has come through at all. And this goes back to, there's something the matter with this phone. And I don't know quite what it is. Because ever since I downloaded the software on Apple, it's gone a bit pear-shaped. And so certain people's texts are not getting through to me. There's no logical reason why they're not. They're just, they're just not. It's either that or they're stuck in a traffic jam or she's forgotten to send me the thing. So Helena and Jackie are going off for a nice weekend. I think the flight is 7 o'clock this morning. So they'll be getting to the airport probably round about six, time for a cup of coffee and a piece of toast or a a breakfast. And uh, they've only got to go a little way. They've only got to go a little way. And I think the flight, I can't remember where they're going to, but the flight is only going to take about an hour and a half. Because she said we've got to get up really early in the morning. I said, don't talk to me about getting up really early in the morning. I do getting up early in the morning. I do getting up the night before. I was up half past 12 last night. Half past twelve. Which actually, you know, because I've been in bed and because I've had my sleep, people will say to me, because I know a lot of guys here who work overnight. <clears throat> excuse me, like Will, he's he's now going to bed. He'll now go back to bed because that's when he sleeps. Whereas me, I've been to bed because that that would make it really confusing if I sort of I don't know. So I I go to bed. I can't I can't stay awake any longer. As you know, I have you know I have to make my phone calls and try and get as many things done. And I think yesterday, Helen was going off to Costco to buy loads of things in Reading, uh, and then staying at Jackie's, and then uh, off on Big Silver Birds. So they'll be having a very, very nice time. I hope so. Uh, Mark and Debbie on the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures, says Paul in Manchesterford. Not well known over here, Steve, but it's an old story. Happened on Tuesday. Well, at least we got it. At least we got it. Uh, another one here. Um, you might want to run software update again to ensure you're running uh ios 901 that solved my messaging i've spoke to a number of people here who've had the same problem with this messaging thing so i think i might have to do it again just to uh, just to find out because the new iphones out today you know they're queuing already people are queuing already to get the new <coughs> excuse me the new iphones which is uh, uh which is good which is good in fact uh, i do know somebody who's got who's ordered a number And when I say a number, we're talking double figures, double figures. But the people queuing outside at Covent Garden have been there for hours and hours. there would be a lot of people queuing to buy them for other people. So that's uh, so that that's why, you know, it becomes much sought after because people buy them. You can sell them on to other companies and then they sell them on because people go, oh, I can't get the new iPhone and then you can get it. I think I've got one, but I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, did you see the one show last night? And don't start on about the wee Welsh girl. I'm not talking about her, says Dennis, who's back home in Banbridge. Uh, Jimmy Tarbuck and Des O'Connor looking great. Not seen them for a long time. Apparently, they're appearing together at the Palladium uh, tonight, a place that is dear to them both. Yes, they are. They are. Jimmy Tarbuck and Des O'Connor. And I think it was said it would be televised, but I'm wondering if it'll be recorded for a later showing. Um, I haven't heard anything on that, but I would I would have thought that they would definitely have, have been recording it. Jimmy Tarbuck and Des O'Connor on stage. I mean, Des, as you know, big, big fan of Des. Big fan of Jimmy Tarbuck. He was on Loose Women the other day uh, talking about those allegations that were made against him. I mean, you know, anybody in the business who knows him was going, don't be so silly. Uh, The woman who wants a personal trainer, send her over here. She'll get plenty of personal training. (laughs) He said, it's great to have you on seven days a week. I am on seven days a week. I'm one of the few who is. And uh, I'm on tomorrow morning between five and seven with the best of Steve Allen. Uh, Steve, Apple released... Uh, another update last night. Go to settings and check your software update and download. Oh, right. Yeah, somebody told, um I think it was... Who was telling me, actually? Somebody was telling me that there was another update. Because there's definitely been issues with messaging. Uh, my friend Dan always gets through... But I've had other people who, who who don't seem to be getting through, and that's it's it's slightly disturbing, slightly disturbing. I'm, I shall try and get through as many as possible <laughs> uh, on the programme. Uh, still to come, I hope it's not true that they're considering putting Peter Andre on as the face of a new ITV motoring show. He's a dreadful presenter. He really is dreadful. I mean, it's just it's ghastly. We don't want anything like that, do we? We want somebody somebody who knows about it, as opposed to just somebody who's sort of trawling around. They say he could win Strictly. We haven't seen him dance yet, have we? In fact, that'll be, uh, that'll be tonight. And uh, a friend of mine is sacrificing sleep to wait up for the courier and then, uh, and then off to uh, a well-known supermarket to collect uh, the other load can you actually buy that many i didn't know you could but i thought there might be a, a restriction on how many of these things you can buy i didn't i didn't realize uh will will guy it's very excited now because he's had a shout out he said I, i'm always part of the 4am spike i like people part of the 4am spike even oh look i've got a picture of you don't you look like will you could have been separated at birth you two you look, he does he looks very similar to you just that he's got dark here and you've got strawberry blonde. Oh, you think that's, oh, he thinks it's offensive oh, offensive it to him. No, you do. Seriously, I think you look very similar. I'm very surprised, actually. He says, it feels very early to be going to work unless you're a milkman or a cat burglar. Yes, I'm neither. But I can do a, I can do a mean time check for you. I can tell you, it's quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. I can't find messages. Somebody just said uh, to try and fix this uh, thing, Steve, uh, on your phone. Go to set of lots of thing now go to go to settings and see if it's unchecked in 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 message i can't find message actually in the settings at all perhaps that's why it says mine seems to be unchecking itself uh, on its own go settings messages i didn't find messages actually where where are messages somebody'll have to tell me where messages are on the phone i can always do with your help every time i should be asking will guy shouldn't i he knows about these sort of things where are messages gone to uh Steve, have to agree with the uh, the new rubbish iOS 9. 2 days ago they did another one 901 but still rubbish you'd think they'd thoroughly test it first says Sharon who's in Stanmore. That is the problem isn't it? That I mean I hate it when things go wrong and, and especially when messages don't start getting through that that does that 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 does annoy me a little bit actually. I I feel as though I'm sort of I've been sort of isolated on a small island. And, uh, never a happy bunny. Ten to six. Uh, Brian says, uh, is your Saturday show live? No. No. I don't think, uh, even with the best will in the world, that Steve Allen could actually make it seven days a week. So I'm... It's the best of Steve Allen on Saturday morning. Best of Steve Allen between five and seven. Uh, Maddie says, I'm off on holiday tomorrow at five a.m. Driving to Cornwall. Cool, that's a... That's a bit of a trek, isn't it? Are you a- holidaying at all? Um... I'd, anybody will tell you in the office, even James O'Brien said to me the other day, we do, we, we do talk, I mean, contrary to what people think, and he said, you just don't do holidays. I said, I don't, I don't feel the need to do holidays. I'm not a holiday person. What would I do on holiday? I'm not into sort of, you know, bronzing my beautifully gorgeous body uh, or doing anything like that. So I'm, I'm not going to be doing any, anything like that anytime soon. Um, I don't want to go on a sightseeing holiday. I've been to loads of places already. I can't think of anything. The only place I would probably go back to would be Vegas. That would be the only thing. If I, if I was going to go back anywhere, it would be Vegas. But at the moment, I just you know I, I don't delight in looking through holiday brochures going, oh, look, we can go to Tenerife or go to wherever. I know people in the office. I think Nick Ferrari's producer, uh, Christian, is off to Tenerife. And, it, and it's probably lovely. But it just it just doesn't appeal to me in the slightest. I wouldn't know what to do on holiday. I've done the lying on a sun lounger. I've done the covering myself with mazzola oil and toasting slowly under the hot tropical skies. And that doesn't interest me. And The food I'm not particularly bothered about. The only thing I like is rolls for breakfast. So I, generally speaking, if it's a buffet breakfast in the hotel, which it always is when I go, uh, I'll just have some rolls, probably pick up two or three rolls, some ham and some cheese, and that's it. And then the rest of it, I'm trying to avoid going in the sun because I hate it. I don't swim very often. I'm a right old misery when it comes, when it comes to holidays, we discovered. Even I think I'm a misery when it comes to holidays. That's why I don't do them. There's no, there's no point at all. Aura uh, says, my colleagues at work said that apparently people are experiencing irregularities with Apple's new downloaded, updated programme for mobiles. Well, it's beginning to get on my nerves now. When it happens to, I don't mind it happening to other people. It's when it happens to me. It really annoys me. And uh, Stan says, if you can't cook, Steve, because I know Stan, what did you use your halogen oven for? Heating up. <laughs> heating up. I love the halogen oven. I, I, I swear by the halogen oven. Seriously, it's so, it's so instant heat. I use it for everything. But it's just heating up. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. And um, Paul says, I don't always agree with you. I'd say about 80% agree. All oh, right." 80%. Well, I think 80%'s good. I mean, you know, if I can get 80% out of somebody, I, I look on that as a bonus. Uh, we did, and uh, made the other night, says Gloria in Denmark, three kilos. Is that a lot? Three kilos? Sounds like a lot to me. Of homemade Lincolnshire sausages on Monday. Unfortunately, nobody's thought to either import or export these wonderful bangers to Denmark. A missed opportunity. We had six trees felled in our woodland recently. Uh, So I've commandeered a family and friends working party this evening to shift the cut-up trunks into the log piles, ready for cutting and splitting. Uh, I'll be feeding the uh, people doing it my sausages. Yorkshire pudding with onion gravy, mashed potato and the last of the home-grown runner beans and carrots from the veggie plot. I wait with interest to their reaction, as some people, the helpers, have never experienced a British sausage, let alone a Yorkshire pudding. Topping it off with a plum and nectarine sponge and cream. Oh, how lovely. And uh, P.S. Internet radio service went down for two days this week. Missed you dreadfully. Yes, we we had a bit of an overload. I can comment no further than that that we had an overload. Somebody in the building um, sort of prompted a lot of uh, interest, and so the the thing clicked into overdrive, and we all suffered as a result. But anyway, hopefully back to uh, back to normal now. Back to normal now for you. Uh, seven minutes to uh, six. Oh, here we go. Scroll down. Green icon messages. Press settings button and go to message. I couldn't find the message thing. Elaine says, I'm not technical, but I had a similar problem. It was related to whether the person sending the message had an iPhone or not. I had to ring the techies who told me how to change the settings. Love the programme. Oh, so complicated. So complicated. Why can't things be easy? A friend of mine who, who can do these things said he'll have a look at for me on Sunday. Uh, Mick says, uh, you're not the only one who's had problems. Loads of people have had it. And uh, good day, Steve. Uh, it's an Australian or a New Zealand. Do the Kiwis say the same? Do the Kiwis go "g'day"? I don't know. There's a guy called Tom in the building. I think he he, he might do "g'day." He's got this sort of kind of. He looks like he's just sort of woken up kind of look. Uh, I had the the same trouble last week. Had to text my friend and ask him to send the text again. No luck. Uh, went to the search bar and typed his name in. Lo and behold, the lost, lo, lost text came up. I wonder what would have happened if the uh, if Big Brother took the whole network down. Oh right. So what you're saying is, if I actually find this this particular person. Uh, on there. Do I have it? No, I don't. Which is very worrying, isn't it? Because I, d- I don't like to miss out on these things. I don't like to miss out. So I'm going to have to go back into, into settings. And yet the one from Will, the producer, came through straight away. So anybody else has had problems? Where are messages? Where are messages? I don't, I don't know where messages are in the settings thing. I can't find the word messages. I'm so glad I work at Silly O'Clock. Says Diane, it have been so much fun today. The food chat has made me so hungry. I love peanut butter and marmalade on toast. An American friend gave us that idea. It does so ease the sticking to the roof of the mouth problem. It's, isn't it funny? It's got to, there's something about the words, hot buttered toast. Does, I mean, it, it, I think you can get away with anything there. You know, you could stand in court upon a you know a motoring offence and just go, hot buttered toast, and I think the jury go innocent. Straight away innocent. Not the woman in Primark. And I think you have to take this in context. This is the woman who claimed that a Primark security guard ripped her daughter from her very breast while sneering at her after she refused to stop feeding her nine-month-old baby. Okay, so take that allegation in mind. She went to the police. It appeared on social media sites. I don't know if she appeared on on television. But anyway... uh, just was it for her 15 minutes of fame, a few hundred quid for the story? Was it a victory for the breast APO and the mum's net mafia? Certainly they rushed to her defence. Without even checking, they had no idea, no idea at all. This poor noble mother innocently giving succour to her babe, brutishly attacked by an anti breast beast, and having her human rights violated to boot. Man the barricades, girls, and out they came. This is disgraceful. They didn't even think for a minute. This old bag was lying through her teeth. She lied from start to finish. Now imagine, put yourself in this position, ladies. Put yourself, before you start rushing to her defence because she's a compulsive liar. Imagine if there had been no CCTV. What if it had been her word? And as she's quite a convincing liar, what if she'd stood up in court against that security guard? She could have ruined his life, had him sent to prison, wrecked his family happiness. For what? because she's an attention-seeking nobody. And that's why, you know, scoring political points and the glory of this contemporary victimhood that goes on all the time. I hope, says Jan Moy, that she's made an example of the potential of her cheap lies to cause great harm should not be overlooked. She has to go to prison. She can, I couldn't care less whether it's three months or six months or anything like that. She's got to go to prison. You've got to make an example. She blatantly stood there and lied through her teeth. She sat in a police station and lied. She lied to all these other women who were going, This is disgraceful. This man's job could have been, he could have been thrown out of work. She could have absolutely destroyed him. I'm sorry, she has to pay the price. She's quite clearly a bit deranged. Quite clearly deranged. Uh, go to settings, scroll down, messages is in green. Oh, are you sure? You sure messages is in green? <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm determined to do this because I've done this before on the program before, and so settings messages in green. Oh, mess. Oh, you're right actually. <laughs> How daft am I? Okay, so now I've got messages in green. Turn on message to try again. Ah, right. Turn on message. Right. Use your Apple ID for message. Oh God, where'd you put your Apple ID in? Anyway, so do I do what? Do I- I'm, I know I'm to do it now. I'm determined to get this right. There's other people hanging on my every word on this. There's other people here who are going. I need to sort this out as well. Send red receipt. Send us SMS. Send and receive. I don't know what the Dickens is going. I'm going to hopefully hope that that one works there. But there is another. There is another download. Uh, from apple whether or not that solves the problem i don't know who can remember their apple id i can't remember apple ids i really can't I'd, seriously i can't remember apple ids i've changed it about 600 times i was out in a park the other week you know doing the usual sunday park walk and a friend of mine said okay somebody at your phone blah 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 let's um let's actually put what, what's your apple id i went home i had six bits of paper all with apple id written on and each one was completely different and so I went through them. In the end, I thought, "This, is, let's reset. So I've now thrown away, being a good boy, I've thrown away all the Apple IDs that I had. And I've now got this one. But I'm blowed if I can remember what it is at the moment. I think I've got a rough idea. But I, I'm not totally convinced. I'm not totally convinced what the Apple ID is. I'd I, I better write it down just in case I forget. I think it's a capital. Because you always have to put a capital letter in, don't you? They ask you to put a capital letter in and then some numbers. And we have to do that here because every so often we have to change our password at work. I just, I mean, I've given up using rude words. I've decided rude words just don't work for me. Katie Hopkins leaves the sun. She's going to the Mail Online. But we thought there would be changes with Rebecca Brook going home. Uh, The Iranian who lied to the police and said he was an illegal immigrant. He's lived here for ten years. He holds a British passport. He says, go home. I can't stand Manchester. It's rude and violent. Well, go and buy a ticket then, like any other normal person. You don't seriously expect us to pay for you to go home, do you? Silly boy. Uh, A third of parents never have a talk about sex. Seems okay, doesn't it? The final day of the political book of the decade. The rugby fans, please don't play Paloma Faith. It's ghastly. And a very mild curry for a white PPL. All of that and more. Other side of the news. Good morning.
0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850 Steve Allen. On LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Five past six, just at the risk of boring you. No, it's not that that book again. It finishes in the uh, the Daily Mail today. It's the update. It's only a little one. John says it's a little one. John, John said it's only a small little update, so it's doing it now. And he said that should fix the problem. If not, what did he say? You have to turn messaging on and then turn it off again. Turn on, I it, and then back on again. And apparently that's sorted out because he knows these things. So thank you, John, very much indeed. Two watchdogs to replace Anne Robinson. I thought the BBC was supposed to be saving money. I suppose they're paying them peanuts, I should imagine. Uh, 700 pilgrims die in that crush in Mecca and the Hajj. It's just the most appalling thing ever. And a very mild curry for white PPL, which apparently stands for milk. We can't do, can it? All of that and uh, more. Steve is in Omskirk, which sounds quite nice. Uh, I've never been to Omskirk. I've never expressed any um, any interest in going to Omskirk at all. And uh, and Jack says, I just wanted to say that you are the best thing since cheese toasties. Depends whether you like cheese toasties, doesn't it, really? And uh, And then somebody says, go to the settings, scroll down, it's in green, Steve. Come on, we'll walk you through it. The one thing I like about doing this programme, apart from the fact I like doing this programme, is the fact that if you have any problems with anything, I only have to ask. And you can guarantee somebody will say, oh, I can tell you what that is, Steve. That's this and that's It's still downloaded, very slow download. But, uh, it, and, and, and somebody will sort it out for you because you will always know the answer to everything. I think since since I mentioned it, Will's had about three of his friends phone up and say, this, this is what he's supposed to be doing. Makes me sound a bit useless, doesn't it? Can't cook, can't operate telephones, just I can't remember passwords. I've lost track. I do I hate passwords. I had one for a, a magic site a while ago and they said we've given you a password. I wanted something simple, but uh, it came back with capital P, lowercase d, capital E, then Z, then 2, then then Q capital and then H and I thought, oh, how do you ever remember these things? They say, well, it's to stop you being hacked. I said, it's a magic site, for goodness sake. It's not going to make any, any difference. Uh, Sarah says, I've got a phobia of holidays. And, uh, and also, because uh, she, all the places she's been on, she, she always gets food or alcohol poisoning. Well, the alcohol poisoning, I can't do anything about for you. But uh, I agree with you. Food, I had food poisoning once. Gran Canaria. This is after I, I came back from... I'm uh, uh, In Gran Canaria, we got the wrong hotel. Well, it was the hotel we'd booked, but it was ghastly. And it was a bit round the, the bay, and I didn't want it. I wanted the uh, the Ryu Palace at the end, owned by Germans. And you know what the Germans are like for getting to the sunbeds in the morning? Not that I bother about sunbeds, but they had books out there and water bottles. And they're very organ. And everybody looked immaculate. The Brits, of course, we just looked like a bag of turnips turning up. You know, baseball cap, flip-flops, go... Oh. God, I feel awful. And the and the Germans have not eating the breakfast. We go for a run, and we do all this kind of thing. And so I went over there, and then it rained, and it rained for what seemed like an eternity in Gran Canaria. And when it rains in Gran Canaria, which it doesn't do very often, it rains. It was awful. It bucket. You couldn't go outside. We had feral cats sitting outside the door, all night, all night. Oh, do you wanted to go outside? And just get, go away. It was terrible. And then we went out and we had Chinese food in the Yumbo Centre, in a big Chinese restaurant there. And it was that that made us ill. And uh, I, was, I was so ill, I bought, because the whole of Gran Canaria is a duty-free island. And so I bought a huge bottle of vodka, because I was drinking vodka at the time. And it was, it was dirt cheap. And I was so ill, I was frozen to death. I'm shivering. And because it's generally sunny, they don't give you blankets on the bed. I just had a little thin covering. I'm sitting there thinking I want to go home. I don't want to be here anymore. And I was so ill I emptied the vodka down the toilet. I empty you know you normally leave things in the room for the woman who cleans. Hola! I always do that every morning. We didn't go any further than that. Just, oh, lad, that was quite nice. But I emptied the whole bottle of vodka down the top. And you know, I didn't think anything of it at the time. It's only now it's come back to haunt me, you know, 15 years later. Where I sort of wake up screaming in the middle of the night thinking I wasted that blasted vodka. But I felt so ill over there. And food poisoning is horrible. We had a guest once who came in and, uh, and we cooked. Um, we cooked, what did we cook? Prawns. We cooked prawns for this guest. And the prawns were off. And to be honest with you, they were so ill that um, that they, they phoned us back up and went. We think the prawns were off because seafood. If if you have seafood and it's off, you can become very sick on it. And um, and so he did become very sick on it. So I've always avoided prawns like that. I, I always think right. I'm I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to eat prawns anymore. And yet I like fish fingers. A fish finger sandwich and me could be sort of a partner for life. I could quite happily put three or four fish fingers in a nice soft roll and and drizzle a little bit of um, of mayonnaise over the top. That would keep me happy forever. Ten past six is uh, the time. So all the stories, I think we covered all of them today, uh, except the the rabbits farmed for pet food. Because I thought it was a bit disturbing. I didn't know that rabbits are farmed for pet food. And they're all in individual cages. I don't quite see the purpose of it unless it's luxury pet food. Because they looked a bit too clean. They're all white rabbits. And I know that they use rabbits for experimentation. Um, I did do the story about the twitchers. I don't understand twitching either uh, because I can't understand the fascination with one bird sitting on a branch and hundreds of people sit there, thousand people in this particular case, to see this one little bird, its first visit to the UK. It's almost like, welcome to Britain. All the bird's got to do is just fly away and go, right, I'm going to go and find out where I'm going now. You know, there is that danger when you're going there being a twitcher. The 717 people crushed to death in the stampede during that Muslim pilgrimage Uh, The Hajj in Mecca was just unbelievable. And you have to ask the question and Nick Ferrari will be asking this question this morning. I mean, how does that happen when you actually see it? It's thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who just walk round and round. I mean, I don't understand it quite clearly because I'm not Muslim. But uh, i 've always been fascinated by it but the crowds get even bigger they did a documentary one year on it showing you how they uh, they cook all the food for everybody I mean it's just it 's catering on a mass scale but 717 people you could understand if they said oh maybe 20 people or 30 people got got trampled to death but 717 people that must be people literally falling on top of each other and suffocating and because it's all sorts of people it's not just one particular age group it's it's all ages i 'm assuming that a lot of Elderly people must have been crushed to death. But then they should have controlled the numbers. They should go listen. There are too many people. Too many people doing this. You have to. You have to cut back because they're going to have to seriously look at this now. I think the Saudi Arabian king is saying we need to look at this. But they should have looked at it the other year. It's, it's been getting busier and busier and busier, and people want to go to it. So that's what they have to do. They have to. They have to check out how they can make sure that it never ever happens again. Never ever ever ever. Uh, Steve, uh, I don't know who this one is from. Uh, yes, thank you very much indeed. I'm well aware of the uh, of the comments. Well aware of the comments, which is quite nice. Um, uh, Mark says, "I use PayPal credit card system in the cab. They warn me not to download iOS nine until they say." I love PayPal. I, I use PayPal a lot. It's it's. I, I I was taken off it for a while because they said that the account was a bit inactive, and so I used it a couple of times. I use it all the time now. If I'm ordering from America, I use PayPal. Although you will remember we have a slight problem with something I bought on eBay, uh, which should have been posted yesterday. And it's somebody I bought some of these uh, ShamWow cloths from. And uh, they said they had to go back to Ireland. My alarm bells kind of rang in my head. I'm hoping it's going to be fine, but it's on PayPal. So I'm assuming if uh, if they screw up, PayPal will give me my money back. It's only 25 quid. I'm not bothered about the money. It's the principle. I don't like to lose parcels. I don't like to, to lose. And then uh, Sparky Andy says, You should have bought a Samsung. It's a much better phone. <laughs> you always get this argument, don't you? You always get this argument of... Uh, of sort of which is the better phone. Is it the Apple iPhone? Is it the Samsung? Is it the... I've been quite happy with it. I told you, a friend of mine, I couldn't work out how he was able to buy so many Apple iPhones today. And he said, John Lewis do not have a limit. The Apple iStore have a limit of two. Two two iPhones per person. So you could queue for ages. In Waitrose, you can pre-order them, which is what he's done. So he's going to collect a load from there. In his local supermarket, he's going to go and collect today. And he said, in John Lewis, they don't have a limit. You can all, you know, if you want to go in there and if if they've got 40 in stock, you can buy 40. I can remember, do you remember Furbies years ago? I can remember there was a limit on those in, um, in because all of a sudden there was a world shortage of Furbies. And I quite fancied buying some Furbies. And I went into Argos in R- Richmond, just on the off chance. It's not there now. They took it away. Ghastly, horrible woman worked in there. Ast- evil person. Evil. And, um, and I was sort of browsing. And then I saw on the shelf behind them six Furbies. Six... Was it six Furbies or four? Four Furbies. And uh, so I went up to the counter and there was, a, there was a young guy serving. I said, oh, I said, can I have um, four Furbies? He said, yeah. So he brought them down and uh, put them in bags for me and then put them through the till. And uh, I'm just about to walk out and the manager came over to him and said, where are the Furbies gone? And he said, that guy there's just bought them. He said, well, all of them? He said, yeah. He said, there's a limit of one per customer. I was out that door so quickly. Out that And I've still got them, still in their packaging, assuming that at some point in the dim and distant future, Furbies are going to become very, very sought
0: after. <laughs> Quarter past six is Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. We're here for about another uh, seven minutes. So Big Brother finished last night and uh, the weirdo from The Apprentice won like i can't even remember his name now but uh, at least we've seen the back of uh, the other weirdos and that was um Stevie and Chloe Jasmine I think really they need to disappear into that place called Obscurity, where people with no talent Go to, I mean she's quite clearly got some Sort of strange emotional issues going on And he's just got issues, and uh, to be honest With you, I've never seen such a fake couple in my entire Life, anyway, hopefully they're going to get married and, uh, and then she'll go and work in a bakery Or something, because they've completely screwed up A career, I didn't think it was that possible, you know Somebody gives you a great opportunity and you just Screw it up, but that's, uh, that's people nowadays Without the intelligence thrown in Front pages of the papers, How How fast can we rattle through these? Um, The huge boost to fight to quit the EU is the story running on The Express today. They're also talking about the people crushed to death at the Harge. And Claudia Winkleman's victory over the fancy dress fire danger. These are the costumes that people buy in shops and shops. You've got to keep them away from flames. You know, little girls like these floaty, floaty things. And they're very dangerous. Very dangerous. So she's got a bit of a victory going on that one. Uh, The Iranian man who lives here with a British passport who walked into the police station is all over the papers today. What a dreary little attention seeker he turns out. He doesn't want to be here. It's violent and it's uh, rude. But uh, he initially entered Britain illegally. He's now got a right to be here. And now he doesn't want to be here after ten years. Well, go home then. Go away. Go away. Go away. No stop being a silly little boy. It really is quite ridiculous. Um, and then uh, the Iranian embassy said he would be offered assistance to return to Iran if he got in touch. Oh, good. Well, perhaps we'd get rid of him. Go now, mate. Go now. Go today. Go today. Don't faff around over the weekend. You're far too boring. Uh, the codfather of corner shops, we found a chippy coal-fired. A coal-fired chippy. It's still going. It is one of the last remaining Coal-fired fish and chip businesses, and it's celebrated its 100th anniversary this weekend. We've been eating fish and chips for 100 years, have we really? The owner, Jeff Field, has vowed to keep on frying the traditional way. So it's got a boiler at the side of it. Listen, if that's what works. That's what works. I'm going for it. Uh, the mum's fury. There's always mum's fury. Then you look at a picture of mum, and you realise if you're stupid enough to let your son smoke at the age of 14, then you're about as daft as it gets nowadays. The family of Mason Dunn, he's actually called that, claimed teachers who confiscated his battery-powered e-cigarettes um, uh, were wrong. But the head has defended the action, and he said that the, uh, the, they, the school has a non-smoking site and has a duty of care to discourage children from smoking. Quite clearly, this stupid woman let her child smoke cigarettes. What a bad mother. What a bad mother. It's in, it's in Bolton. In Greater Manchester. God, it's all emanating from up there, isn't it, this morning? Mason has since had the e-cigarette returned to him, but his mother has slammed the school for taking it from him. Oh, grow up, you silly woman. Oh, dear me, honestly. I tell you what, if I was the headmaster, you, Mason, out. Take your stupid mother with you as well. They've slammed it. I went into the school and explained the, uh, the situation, but was told it was against school policy. I mean, to be honest with you, do you not understand what rules are? Perhaps you'll have some when he sort of goes off the rails later in life, which undoubtedly he will with a mother like you. Uh, the Mail have got Kate's brother dumps Geordie Blonde. This is James Middleton and Donna Eyre, so they finished a relationship. Why would that be exciting to anybody? We did that show, uh, we did that story yesterday on the programme. Also, test every diesel in the UK. I've driven diesel, not for, not for a long time. Uh, the Daily Mirror exposed the battery farm rabbits. Destined to become pet food. Why would they bother wasting time? Them? Why just put them in a big place and just let them run around? Uh, Paul O'Grady has revealed he swallowed a cannabis stash to avoid an airport smuggling rap. It's in his new book. It's in his new book. He's uh, he's telling all. It will sell in thousands. It really will. Thousands and thousands and thousands. It's called Open the Cage, Murphy. And I don't know if this is Brendan, his uh, his former partner. He has a new partner now. He's what you see with Paul is what you get. What you see with him is what you get. You don't get uh, anybody any different. There was somebody else who'd written a book, and I can't remember who it was. And, and they said, oh, the, the, there's far too much sex in it, or bad sex in it. And I thought, anything to try and sell a book nowadays. Did I mention I've got a book out? I try not to mention it very often, but I do have one. It's called, So You Want to Be a Celebrity? And it tells you about the life of of, uh, of the Z-listers like uh, Chloe What's-Her-Face and uh, Steve, whatever his name is. Uh, as I say, you won't hear from them again, thank God, because nothing else you can put them on now. They prove what a waste of space they are. They prove that they're just stupids. And I'm sick to death of seeing stupid people on the television. I want to see Louis Walsh back. They say Lulu could be back. Uh, Grimmies are let down. Crisis over the ratings fall. So there could be five people on the panel. Well, you could lose old, uh, old Cheryl. She doesn't contribute very much at all, and Rita has kind of lost the plot. Perhaps, we, perhaps we just have Simon on there. Scary Spice, definitely. And Louis Walsh. It's what we need. don't need anybody else. You know, what's the point of sort of wasting... I mean, just think the makeup bill could be reduced vastly, couldn't it? Uh, Jeremy Kiley's marriage is finished after um, about 13 years. She won a competition on a radio station he worked for. It was to find somebody to get married to, and uh, then he ended up going out with her. And so they've been together, they've got children... And uh, he says, you know, generally good marriage, but they've just kind of grown apart, as people do, ladies and gentlemen, as people do. Um, I didn't get round to the two people. One of them is Sophie Rayworth, and the other apparently is a Blue Peter presenter who I've never even heard of. Never even heard of this Blue Peter presenter. So two people replacing Anne Robinson. You'll still have to put up with, you know, a lot of people working on a programme for sort of not much result, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, also, the other story, which we didn't quite get round to is um, the billion-pound sell-off of Channel 4. I'm not sure if this is a scaremongering story for people who work at Channel 4, but they, they are considering, I am told, selling it off, and it could be worth a million pounds. We found a pearl as well, which I think is going to go for a record one million pounds. We didn't get round to the the tomb of the real Mona Lisa. Why would that be of interest? Well, I mean, I shouldn't imagine she looks exactly the same as she does in her picture. And uh, and the fever twitchers out there, because they love doing it. That's it for this morning. I'm back with you tomorrow, which is Saturday morning. I know, it's exciting. You have to hold yourselves back between five and seven. So I'll be here tomorrow morning with the best of Steve Allen. And then back on Sunday with the In Conversation. And then I'm live with the Sunday papers between six and eight. Follow me on Twitter, if you will. It's at Steve Allen Show. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at seven, it's Nick Ferrari, but right now it's Lisa Aziz with the morning news.
0: This is LBC.